Saturday yet again with a lot, a lot to talk about. But of course, I cannot do this podcast alone. Trust me, I have tried and it is impossible. So, of course, looking to, if you look to your left, my my left, your right, if you're watching us on Twitch, I have my tag team partner from the regular basement this week. It is the Dark Lord Sith himself. Sith, how's it going? Yeah, regular basement today, folks. Happy Saturday from the regular basement. Today is a special day. It's a dear friend of Whitney, as well as mine, is celebrating her birthday tonight. So first of all, a special happy birthday to Jana. Happy birthday. It's a beautiful fall day here in the RVA, and we have a lot on deck for you all today. Champ, what's good in the People's Studios in Alexandria, VA? Good, sir. Damn, I... I was expecting you to have a little bit longer intro, so I would have time to drink it. You just really like just caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> um, but um, good. It's good here. Um, had had a pest control uh, person come in, have to retreat my apartment and our floor because uh, the roach problem came back with a vengeance, and so I have still yet to f- refill my my cupboards and my and my medicine cabinet and stuff because I'm a lazy sack of shit and stuff like that. So uh, eventually, I'm going to put everything back so my apartment doesn't look like a complete disaster. But other than that, all good, all good, all good here. And it's been it's you're right. It's been a beautiful fall day. Uh, the sun it was it got cloudy for a bit here for a little bit, but nothing came of it. So thankfully. You know, just a nice little, yeah. nice chill day. I got the windows open. It's nice, cool, cr- nice, crisp air and stuff like that. So it's good. Uh, but aside from all of that, again, we got a lot to talk about here. Uh, we're going to give you some news and notes in just a bit, as well as a a New Japan update. As you know, the G1 Climax Tournament ended this past Thursday. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, what's going on, Hector? Twitch just kicked you off. Listen, Twitch be twitching. Okay, yeah. so I don't know what they're on, what they're on right now, but they need to fix it anyway. Uh, so we're going to talk about, of course, like G one ended just past Thursday. Of course, myself and Sage went over it this past Thursday on Twitch and as well as on the podcast that went up yesterday, Friday. So make sure you go check that out. Also, they have announced the card for the upcoming Power Struggle event that's taking place in early November, and they have already announced the three uh, the three cards that are taking place in Corcoran to begin the Road to Power Struggle event, which is going to be a short little tour and i will get to that as well as what happened last week on strong including the united uh, empire getting a new member one that i did not approve and don't like but we'll get to that of course we will recap uh wwe crown jewel which took place this past thursday and you'll be surprised by you'll be you probably won't be surprised with what we have to say about it but trust me it's not much anything bad i will say 
Um, not much was bad from the show, but we'll get into that. We'll also preview tonight's Bound for Glory pay-per-view. I'm going to go on the record and say I'm not watching it because, again, finances. I have to be mindful of my finances. And I just can't justify paying $40 to watch it, especially because I'm not going to watch it live. I'm probably going to end up watching it on delay anyway, so I'll just have to find another way to watch it if I do want to watch it. But I'm sure the, the Sith will watch it, and we'll lean on him for his critiques on it next week. Uh, and then we'll get into the week where, of course, we're going to look at last week's Dynamite since it happened after we went off the air. Uh, of course, we'll look at everything that happened on the run-up to Crown Jewel and then look at last night's SmackDown, which began with the new uh, rosters after the draft, after Crown Jewel and everything like that, plus what happened with AEW this week as well. So, without further ado, let us begin. <laughs> Yes, indeed. We are getting this. We are kicking things off, and we're gonna go to news and notes. I forgot to change the banner, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> only only Hector's watching, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> all right. So news and notes. We have some uh, very sad news. Some very uh, sad news to to report. Uh, as you know, uh, WWE Hall of Fame announcer and current AEW announcer Jim Ross. Uh, revealed earlier this week that he had been dealing with a potential skin cancer issue on his leg and was going to get a CT scan to confirm whether that was the case. And unfortunately, he has posted an update uh, on social media saying that it is skin cancer. So he said on social media, quote, on my way to Orlando for tonight's AEW Dynamite, skin cancer confirmed, waiting on radiologist study to determine best treatment, likely radiation, Feeling great and ready to attack. Thanks for the support from so many. Uh, as you know, Jim Ross uh, shocked the wrestling world when he announced that he had signed with All Elite Wrestling when it first uh, formed, signing a three-year contract back in April 2019. He has been the main voice that you hear, along with Excalibur and Tony Schiavone on Dynamite, as well as on pay-per-views. Uh, he also works as a senior advisor behind the scenes. Uh, and he also has his own podcast, Grilling JR's podcast, that uh, he has with Conrad Thompson, who seems to be the wrestling co uh, podcaster to the stars of some sort. But yeah, seems like. very, very, uh, very sad news that you know Jim has cancer, has skin cancer, but it looks like it was caught very early, so he can get the treatment he needs and and everything like that. So, and still no report on whether he's going to miss. Uh, any shows or anything like that, uh, especially with them being back on the road. So we'll have to see about that. But Sith, um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, first up, as Hector said, and I concur prayers to JR and his family. Exactly. Um, cancer sucks. And I don't marginalize cancer in any way, shape, or form. All forms of cancer do suck. Um, JR, we're pulling for you. We're praying for you, Barb. Um, we hope that you get a speedy recovery. We hope to see you real soon, you know, after recovery and everything. But my heart sank not once but twice today, the skin cancer news, plus something else that we're going to go into shortly, where my heart just went boom and just sank to the floor. 
Yeah, uh, best best wishes to Jr. Like I guess it looks like they caught it early, and so he can go through the radiation treatment. And hopefully, uh, get this taken care of. And again, you know, if he does have to miss shows, I mean, they have a really they have really good people back there that could be commentators. I mean, we've seen Jericho uh, and what he's been doing. He was on uh, Rampage last night, of course. Ricky Starks, Taz, uh, Mark Henry, um, CM Punk. You know, so they got guys back there that could sit in there as a third, as a third with uh, Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. So again, best wishes to Jr. Uh, on what's going to be a very uh, long battle when it comes to uh, to, to cancer. Uh, switching gears to another very sad story, um, Smiley Kylie. Uh, as you, as many you recall, last year Smiley Kylie stepped away from the professional wrestling world, saying that she had to deal with her mental health issues. Uh, and this was coming off the heel. This was coming on the on the precipice of her challenging Deanna Perazzo for the uh, Knockouts Championship at Slammiversary last year. Uh, but she made her return this year, signing with uh, NWA uh, National Wrestling Alliance, and it looked like she was on the on the on the way up. And it looks like she was fully back in the professional wrestling. But unfortunately, uh, this past week she has once again having to step away from the pro wrestling scene. Uh, due to what she calls a relapse, a regression of her uh, mental health situation, uh, saying that she, uh, during this time, regrettably did try to mask it with alcohol and marijuana, uh, but now she realizes she needs to like step away completely to try to get a healthier and more sober uh, mind state. Her statement read as follows, quote, Due to unforeseen circumstances, I will not be able to perform at Freelance Underground and NWA this weekend, nor AAW next weekend. Unfortunately, I found myself in a relapse situation and need some time for recovery. This has been going on since late August and has gradually regressed since then. I tried holding this in and working through the pain, doing my best to fulfill commitments, but it's become too much and needed help. I have been having a difficult time differentiating what is real and what is fake, especially in these types of environments. Regret regretfully, I tried masking the pain through marijuana and alcohol. I, try I have tried to be as open as I can with all of you about my mental health struggles, but I am not being honest with the unhealthy coping mechanisms I adapted. For that, I am deeply sorry. Graciously, with the help of loved ones, I have been working towards sobriety again. And she will go on to speak on that as well. Um, as someone, like this story here hits home, very close to home for me. Uh, but Sith, I'll, I'll get your talk, thoughts on it before I get my thoughts. Yeah, um, I found this out ironically. Whitney and I had just gotten back to the alternate basement for a bit. And I was on Twitter and I saw this and I put it into the chat. I'm devastated by this because I know what Apple, I know what addiction can do. I know what alcoholism can do. And I know what depression is like and anxiety and stuff like and everything like that. And Kylie, we're standing with you. And we just want her back when she's ready to come back and not you know, coming when she's ready to. So for the people out there that are saying, oh, she's going to come back. In, no, the body comes first, period, point blank. As, as someone who has dealt with and has struggled with mental health issues since the age of 24, um, I definitely know where she's coming from. I know what she's going through. I, myself, and 
I'm just going to be very transparent. I myself am dealing with that right now where I'm using alcohol, in my case, wine, to kind of mask it. Um, and it was a point about a month ago, and I kind of kept this from Sith and from Donnie, but uh, people in the Splat Squad know what, 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 what the real deal is. I was literally, I was literally paranoid thinking that people who say that they love me, that they care about me, that, you know, this and a third, that I thought they wanted nothing to do with me. And I was in severe depression. And then drinking made it worse to the point that I lashed out at people. I cried. I, all of this stuff. This happened literally like a month and a half ago. Uh, thankfully, I got, I, ca I got out of that sunken place. I got out of that sunken place, but it's still a struggle. So, again, as someone who's been there and still is there kind of at this point in, the, in, in this day and age, I understand what she's going through, and I say to Kylie, Kylie Ray, I know she's not, she probably doesn't listen to this podcast, but somehow this gets to her. Kylie, you are loved, you are not alone, and you, are, you, you will get out of that sunken place, and you will be much better for it. That's my, my message to her, period. Amen, bro. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now let's get to some more more. Let's get to some positive, positive news here. Uh, last night's uh, Rampage, they announced the 12 woman field for the AEW TBS Women's Championship Tournament that is getting ready to begin to crown the first TBS Women's Champion. And it's, uh, it's 12 women, but four have buys uh, already going into the next round. Those four that have buys are none other than Thunder Rosa. Jay Cargill, Chris Statlander, and Nyla Rose, who are the top four ranked women in AEW at the present moment. The other eight that will actually vie in first round matches are as follows. You will have um, Anna Jay going up against Jamie Hayter, who was part of Dr. Britt Baker DMD's clique. You will have the Bunny going up against Red Velvet. Uh, we, they're going to run back Serena D versus Hikaru Shida. And we're going to have Penelope Ford against Ruby Soho. So that's the that's the lineup for this tournament to determine who will be the first ever T TBS Women's Champion. Sith, how, how do you like this, this setup? <laughs> I like it. It's for people who are going to say, oh, the top forever. Bye. Look, it's so different than the NCAA tournament. When they do that for college basketball, they have certain teams that have a bye, you know, and especially like the ACC tournament where it comes to basketball. The top four seeds usually have a bye. They don't come in until a different part of the weekend. And what you have here is you have the top four women that are seated right now. There's They have a bye. But when you look at the first sets of matchups, all of them are fucking bangers. All of them are. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and so basically how the tournament is laid out is um, tonight for uh, Saturday Night Dynamite, you're going to have uh, Ruby Soho, the match with Ruby Soho and Penelope Ford. Uh, the winner of that matchup will face off against Chris Statlander in the next round. On Wednesdays, when they're running back D versus uh, Sheeta, and the winner of that match, they will face off against Nyla Rose in the next round. And then the winner of the winner of Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter, they got Thunder Rosa next, and the winner of the Bunny and Red Velvet. Oh, you know, they got someone who has yet to lose in Jay Cargill. Uh, so that is how it's laid. That's how it's laid out for that tournament. 
I agree with the uh, with the Sith. I like this, and I mean, again, you brought it up that you know NCAA tournament. When you're a top, when you're one of the top four teams, you're you're you you basically, well, you don't get a buy. I think it's more so like football, like NFL. Yeah. Where the top teams, the top, the like the top teams, like the top two seeds in the turn in in the in the playoffs, they get that buy and wait mm-hmm. for their next opponent. So this is you know something. This is n- nothing out of the norm. I think it's really good. You get you're gonna get uh, four first round matches, which is typical with a tournament when it's only eight people, and then you're gonna get four more. Uh, quarterfinal tournament uh, tournament matches, and then you're gonna get your two semis, and then you're gonna get your final. So you're looking at uh, ten matches to the, between twelve women to determine one champion. Nothing wrong with that. I love it. I love it. Let's. I'm, I can't wait for this to, for this tournament to start, dude. Like honestly, I cannot wait. It's gonna be Hector Orion is done on his bullshit about Jay Cargill already. Look at it, hey, right there. Hey, exclusive. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up, exclusive? How you doing? I hope you're feeling better than you were yesterday when I came into your stream. You seemed like you were like really down. Hopefully, you're feeling a little bit better. Oh, and Hector, I, I, that's a good point. Let's be real. Jr. wasn't a commentator. We wouldn't be fans. Mm-hmm. Big facts. If it weren't for Jr. Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, done right there. Yeah, exactly. Those three and done. Hey girl, hey! <laughs> That's my greeting, exclusive. Every time uh, I can. And I love what Hector say, said there. At least the women's championships aren't being swapped. Amen you know to that. What? That's true. No, I feel like <laughs> shit today. Oh no! Please, oh please, rest today, exclusive. Oh. I don't want to see you online streaming. Get some rest today, and um, I'll check in on you later after I'm done streaming here and see see how you're feeling later. Um, the pantomime cream doesn't deserve. That. Ooh, hope you feel better. And mm, sore throat, a, ears pop. Oh, yeah, bad combo. Uh, yeah, get some exclusive. Like I said, I'll check in on you later on after I'm done streaming and see how you feeling. Uh, and one final news story because I'm all, I'm playing some Warzone already. See, you stub that girl is so stubborn. <laughs> that girl is so so stubborn, so so stubborn. All right, exclusive. I'll probably see you on later on, and I'll come in there and yell at you anyway. Uh, one final news story before we move on to um, New Japan is um, Jessica Carr. If you don't know that name, you should, because Jessica Carr made history this past Thursday at Crown Jewel, becoming the first wo- uh, woman referee to referee a wrestling match in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. She did that when she refereed Edge versus Seth Rollins' Hell in a Cell, and Edge had big, big praises for her because mm-hmm. not only did she make that history by being the first woman referee to referee a match in Saudi Arabia, but she was also the referee for all three of the matches between Edge and Seth Rollins. She refereed their match um, at, at SummerSlam in, uh, uh, in August. She refereed their match in Madison Square Garden, and she refereed their Hell in a Cell match and did a wonderful job. Uh, Edge went on Instagram to praise uh, Jessica and said this, quote, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge something that may have gone unnoticed to some. Last night, WWE Lady Ref Jess refereed our match. Many firsts in doing that. The first woman to referee in Saudi Arabia. Massive. Actually trying to move the needle in a positive direction. The first woman to referee Hell in a Cell. Massive. 
She was in there for every part of this insane trilogy that I'm so proud of. SummerSlam, Madison Square Garden, Crown Jewel. She's she got these because she's a woman. It's because she keeps her job. Many more milestones to come. When my daughter these matches uh, someday, I can't explain how important this making us smile. So awesome job uh, from um, Jessica Carr to make those first and knock down those barriers. Seth, how do you how do you feel about that, bro? This is awesome. It 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 really is. Um, first and foremost, the fact that she's the first female referee to referee a wrestling match in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia that that starts everything off first and foremost. Secondly, she's very quietly rising through the ranks, if you will. Okay, she's becoming a very trusted referee within the company. Do you really think Seth Rollins and Edge argued at all as to who would be the referee for those matches? No, because the better reputation you get as a ref, the more wrestlers are going to say, I want this person to fish, you know, doing my matches because of how they, you know, check on the safety and everything. She's a big time professional, much respect. Let's get it. I'm yelling at her later. So just know that. But, um, Everything you said, Seth, is absolutely on point. She she ticks all the boxes. She's a great referee. She's very assertive, and uh, and Edge is right. She didn't get that because just because she's a woman, she got that because she's good at her job, and mm-hmm. um and it's clear that she's trusted. It's just like the the relationship that uh, Chris Jericho has with Aubrey Edwards in AEW. All of Jericho's matches, she refs. Uh, even though on on social media they kind of have a thing where they go at each other, but and I I'm, I I might be wrong on this, but I swear every Jericho match that he's in, ref, Aubrey Evers is refing that matchup. So yep. I basically that. So obviously Jessica Carr has gotten into that 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 realm where she has the trust of the of the boys to ref their matches, and they want her to ref their matches so mm-hmm. big 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 love to, to her great job on be, making that first and it's funny because me and Sif actually mentioned that to each other or oh, I asked that to Sif in our group chat because we weren't live reacting to it because I was working and we both were like I think she is the first to she referee is. a match in Saudi Arabia and it turns out she was so congratulations Jessica Carr yeah. awesome awesome job awesome job she's Congrats. on the level that Charles Robinson is where it comes to WWE officials, where if you had to choose, they're picking one of those two to do their matches. No different than Jericho over in AEW with Aubrey Edwards. I don't think there's a single match she hasn't done that Jericho's not involved in. Yeah, because of that trust, because of that professionalism. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. All right, quickly, we're going to move on to New Japan. And uh, again, as me and Sage talked about this past Thursday night, uh, the New Japan's uh, G1 Climax Tournament has ended because Zuchiko Okada was the winner. Unfortunately, it was due to a rough stoppage when Kota Ibushi attempted the Phoenix Splash, and he missed and hit the mat. 
and he dislocated his shoulder hitting the mat, causing referee, uh, senior referee, main event referee, Red Shoes Uno, to call for the bell and stop the match uh, 25 minutes in. Uh, awarding the victory to Okada and awarding the G1 trophy to Okada. Okada also made a very interesting request during the press conference that happened yesterday where he said instead of a contract and a briefcase, he wants the fourth-generation IWGP heavyweight championship belt given to him as a sign of him winning the G1 over the two-time defending champion and the man, last man who held the IWGP Heavyweight Championship before it was merged with the IC title to create the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, and Chairman Sugabayashi said that he needed time to take that into consideration. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but Power Struggle, which is their next event that's taking place on... Uh, what? Oh... November the 6th, so about a couple weeks away, and this is a stacked card. It's nine matches, which is the most they've had for a non-tournament tour uh, event since the beginning of the pandemic. And the matches are as follows. The night will open up uh, with Young young Lions, Ryohei Oiwa. I don't know why I keep struggling with that. Ryohei Oiwa and Kosei Fujita going up against the junior, uh, one half of the junior heavyweight tag team champions, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Doki. Doki hasn't been seen in a while and looks like he's going to be gearing up for his ch- chance to be in the best of super juniors in this matchup. You will then have a six-man tag team match. Tiger match join GBH, uh, Togi Makabe and Mak- and. Uh, Togi Makabe and Tomonaki Homa to face Jado, Gato, and Tangaloa. You will have uh, Team 6 or 9, Ryusuke Taguchi and Master Wato, along with uh, Blue Justice, uh, Yuji Nagata, going up against LIJ Sonata, Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi. Again, Bushi and Hiromu, along with Taguchi and Wato, gearing up for Best of Super Juniors. Uh, you will also have a never six-man tag team championship match the never six-man tag team champions from Chaos, um, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi defending against the House of Torture. The House of Torture being uh, the sub-stable sub, uh, of Bullet Club, Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, and Sho. Uh, you will also have a KOPW trophy champ, uh, match uh, on here as well. Toriyana putting up his trophy against the Great Okan. Uh, so we will have to find out what the stipulations will be for that. We will also have a junior heavyweight championship match. Robbie Eagles defending against El Desperado. In exchange for that, uh, Robbie and Tiger Mask will be challenging for the IWDB junior heavyweight championships on the road to in Corquin Hall, which will be coming up uh, in a couple of days. You will also have a United States heavyweight championship match. Kenta stepped up. Over Chase Owens, which me and Sage didn't like, but it is what it is. Kenta will challenge Hiroshi Tanahashi for that championship at Power Struggle. Okada, who won the G1, will defend his right to challenge for the uh, world championship at Wrestle Kingdom against Tama Tonga, the only man in the tournament that beat Okada. Uh, he did it on the second to last night of block action to give Okada his first and only loss in the tournament. So he stepped up and challenged that right to challenge contract and he will get that opportunity and in the main event for the world heavyweight championship Shingo Takagi will defend against Zack Sabre Jr. who was the first man in the tournament to defeat Takagi 
in the G1, so he got the first opportunity to challenge for that championship, and he will get that shot at Power Struggle. That's a nine-match card with five title matches. Sis. How about that? Amazing. Oh, man, I cannot wait for that card, bro. Like, when Sage, <laughs> Sage sent me that yesterday, and I, I looked at that, and I said, yo, this card is lit. It's it, such, it's it so is lit. stacked. Top to bottom, lit, stacked, however you want to put it. Yeah. And, and Hector, yes, you're right. He did took a horrible spiral. I was watching the match. And mm-hmm. but I was not really watching, watching because I was working as well. But I saw when he hit, I was like, okay, this probably a little rest spot. He'll get right back up and they'll start ramping it up because starting to look like it was about to ramp up. But then Obushi stayed down. Red Shoes was talking to him, and the next thing I know, I heard the bell, and I said, wait, what just happened? And they was like, and they put up the graphic that said Okada won the match. And I'm like, wait, what? And then that's, that's when they show he was holding his arm. And everything they kept, I guess they were trying to pop his shoulder back into place, and he kept moving because it was so. Because I don't know about y'all out there, chat, and out there, listeners. If you've ne- if you've never dislocated anything in a bone in your body, you don't know how painful that is. I dislocated my kneecap twice in my life. First time in high school, full. Second time partial. It hurts like a bitch, and popping it back in hurts even worse. So. Unfortunately, like that situation, he was it was in a lot of pain. Okada showing the type of professional that he is. He was holding his legs yeah. down, trying to keep him calm, holding his hand, and told him he wants to run that back. So there you go. Uh, but uh, best wishes to Ibushi. Uh, hopefully, he's not out too long. Uh, but also, of course, with a event like Power Struggle, you have a tour that builds the poorest Power Struggle, and. They've already announced that because there's only going to be three nights of the to be televised on New Japan World with live Japanese commentary and then English commentary to follow because Kevin Kelly is back here in the States after spending the entire month uh, in Japan calling the G1 live in Japan. And so they announced uh, the card starting tomorrow in Corcoran Hall. You're going to have Master Wato teaming with his six or nine, team six or nine partner, Ryusuke Taguchi, and his mentor, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, to go up against the Flying Tigers and Young Lion Oiwa. Ryohei Oiwa. So that'll be a fun little start to this night. Next, you will have the entire House of Torture, Evil, uh, Yujiro, Sho, and Dick Togo in an eight-man tag against the never six-man tag team champions Goto Ishii and Yoshihashi along with uh, Kosei Fujita as their, uh, their, their fourth. So that's the second one. What's up, Sage? What's going on? Trin! What's up, dude? What's going on? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? We got Sage in the building. Sage, my tag team partner for a lot yep. of our New Japan coverage, so much appreciated. Uh, we will also have on the on Sunday the third match, the United Empires uh, back again because this time it's going to be the Great Okan and the returning Aaron Hanare going up against Toriano and Satoshi Kojima. You will have Kenta and Gato going up against Hiroshi Tanahashi and and Yuji Nagata. You will have. Kazuchika Okada teaming with GBH to take on the Gorillas of Destiny and Jado. You will have in the main event all of LIJ that's healthy. That's Shingo Takagi, Sonata, Hiromu Takahashi, and Bushi taking on Suzuki Goons, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Desperado, Kanemaru, and Doki. So that's that's the first night. 
<laughs> That's the first night. They hitting us with that the first night. Uh, then night two, night two, you're gonna have show once again going up against one of the young lions. He did that during the G1. He's going up against Oiwa in a one-on-one match. You will have uh, Fujita teaming with Taguchi to go up against uh, Bushiromu. You will have Makabe and uh, Yano. They actually were tag team champions together, six man tag team champions together, which was an oddity with. Yano being in chaos and Makabe being in Hansai GBH. They're going up against Great Okan and Aaron Hanare. You're going to have uh, Tom, uh, Homa and Kojima going up against Shingo and Sonata. And you're going to have Master Wato uh, and Hiroshi Tanzo along with the Flying Tigers against Kanemaru, Despi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Doki. And then the main event is a 10-man elimination tag match. Chaos is uh, Okada, along with the Never Six-Man Tag Team Champions, along with Hiroshi Tanahashi against Bullet Club, Kenta, the Gorillas of Destiny, and two members of the House of Torture, Evil and Yujiro. So that's night two. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and then night three is where it's going to be the big time right here because you're going to have... Uh, in the opening match, of course, Yuji Nagata along with Ryusuke Takuchi against Sonata and Hiromu. The House of Torture going up against the Never Six Man Tag Team Champions and Master Wato. Uh, Yano and Humma against uh, the Great, uh, Great Okan and Aaron Hanari of the United Empire. Uh, Tanahashi and Makabe uh, Togi going up against Kenta and Gato. K- Okada teaming with Tenkoji, uh, Tenzan, and Kojima against the Gorillas of Destiny and Jado. Um, Shingo and Bushi against uh, against Zack Sabre Jr. and Doki. And in the main event for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, the Flying Tigers, who hold a victory over the champions during uh, Super Junior Tag League, will challenge Kanemaru and Desperado for those championships. So that's what's going to be happening for the first three nights of the, uh, that will show up on New Japan World. So there you go. And finally... Chris Dickinson defeated Alex Coughlin last week in his Coughlin Challenge uh, on Strong. Rocky Romero and uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, the Mega Coaches, defeated the West Coast Wrecking Crew. And Juice Robinson, Leo Russ, Clark Connors, and COVID Denier won in a match against Bullet Club by disqualification with Hikaleo using a chair and a bull rope on Juice. And in the main event, Will Ospreay defeated Carl Fredericks with the Hidden Blade to get the victory and then revealed that COVID Denier himself is now a member of the United Empire. And as you can see from Sif's face, he's not a fan, just as I'm not a fan. And Sage is not a fan either, by the way. That's because he's got taste. Exactly. Has Retro's ever wrestled? I'm not sure. Sage might know that better than me. He might answer in the chat, but I don't know if he's wrestled before, but I know he's like, he's the main event referee for uh, New Japan after Tiger Hattori had, re- had retired. So there you go. So that's your New Japan recap. That's a long recap, but it's an exciting time for New Japan. They're starting to expand. They're getting more matches in there now because of the fact, you know, that COVID restrictions are starting to lighten up a little bit. Their state of emergency in Japan long ended so they can run longer shows. They don't have to end in a specific time. So it's going to be some fun times for New Japan. It's going to be some fun times. All right. It's time to talk Crown Jewel. Time to talk Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel was fun, dude. Crown Jewel was a fun pay-per-view. It was. Honestly, and a lot of these media heads and um, a lot of these media heads and talking heads and wrestling have all said it, but I agree with everybody that said it. 
This was undoubtedly the best Saudi Arabia show they have put on in the two plus years that they've been doing Saudi shows. This mm-hmm. was absolutely this was absolutely the best show. Absolutely. And we're gonna we're gonna break it down for you. We're gonna break it down for you and talk about it right here, right now. So get ready to talk about Crown Jewel because it was a banger. And you oh. knew you knew that Crown Jewel was gonna be a banger because well, before we get into the main card, we did have a pre-show match. We had the Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, uh, going up against the Hurt Businesses, Shelton Benjamin and, and Cedric Alexander. And what was a really fun, that was a really fun way to open up the show uh, with that. That was a really fun show. I really, really enjoyed that, Seth. How did you like uh, the, the open to the show with that pre-show match? Really good way to open up the show on the kickoff. It's great to have the Hurt Business back together um, with Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. They're back on the same page as tag team partners. And the Usos, they had to overcome adversity here in a non-title match. Lots of solid action and solid chemistry, etc. And the Usos retained in 10 minutes and 40 seconds. My grade remained at a C plus, but it was starting to teeter on a B minus at this point. Right, yeah, my grade was starting was gonna start to grow, uh, go up a little bit on this one. This was like really, really good way to start. It was really competitive, and didn't run too long for a pre-show match. It ran a good, good time, about close to eleven minutes. So that's what you want from a pre-show match. But this is how you knew Crown Jewel was gonna be a banger. They opened the fucking show with Hell in a Cell. <laughs> like, like they didn't just say, oh, how about we just put the Queen's Crown uh, match on first, let that be a couple minutes, and then we ramp up. No. They hit no. us in the head immediately and said, guess what? Opening match, main card, Hell in a Cell. And it went 27 minutes and 40 seconds. Holy shit. A nearly 30-minute way to open up a, this, this show. And it's the last match in their trilogy between Edge and Seth Rollins. Oh, my God. This is an unbelievable match, Seth. How did you like this one? What a way to open this main card up. Hell in a cell. As Donnie told us in our chat, go big or go home. And these guys came out and went fucking big. Okay? Really exciting way to open it up. And... 27 minutes, 40 seconds, it didn't feel that way. Even on the rewatch, it did not feel that way. My grade went from a C-plus to a B-plus like that. Yeah, grade jumped quite a bit, quite a lot after this matchup. This was fun to watch. And as we mentioned in the in the news and notes, uh, Jessica Carr, uh, who ref this matchup, made history in this one, becoming the first woman to referee a match, a wrestling match in Saudi Arabia. Did a hell, a hell of a job, and the men in this match did a great job in 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 it, and absolutely just. It was one of those situations, and say to someone who has wrestled, will tell you this. It was one of those situations where you're the opener. You're like, guess what? Y'all got to follow this. And so it was a tough road to hold for the other competitors on this show to have to follow a 27-minute, 40-second banger to open up the show. But a lot of them did did a good job with that. Uh, Hector said in the chat, uh, which surprised me about uh, – Crown Jewel, I would have given it five out of five stars overall. Saudi wasn't involved. We everybody has their feelings about that. We yeah. don't need to get into that, but we understand. 
uh, pre-show match that was announced that morning, right? Yeah, they did like like just said, hey, I mean, guess this what? This like pre-show first match. Thing, it's like boom, and I'm like, yes. Yeah, so I'm to that check, and I'm like, hey guys, we've got this. I swear, Hell in a Cell was going to be the co-main event. I think a lot of us thought it was going to be co-main yeah. because of the story behind it and the match type, but it ended up opening the show, and it absolutely just knocked it out the fucking park. Banger. Awesome. Awesome, awesome match. Um, so Hector's great went up to eight plus after that, which I'm not surprised by that. Uh, then next we would get um, Mansoor going up against Mustafa Ali one on one, and this was another banger of a matchup. It went ten minutes and really good. You had to know that Mansoor was going to win this. He don't lose in Saudi Arabia, and especially not in his actual home city of Riyadh. So anybody who thought Mustafa Mustafa Ali was going to get that victory, y'all, y'all, y'all were high. There was no way he was losing that match. And then afterwards, after in the aftermath, Mansoor was got jumped by Ali. And then this individual came out, and I don't remember his name. I'm sorry if I don't remember his name. I have it here. It's Tareg Hamdi. Yes, he was who is a medalist in karate for Saudi Arabia in this past year's Olympics in Tokyo, Japan, came out and absolutely kicked the shit out of Ali. <laughs> And got a big pop from the crowd, and his yep. interest was about as slow as the Undertaker's. I'm just going to tell you that right now. His interest was about as slow as the Undertaker's. Uh, how did you like this match, Sip? Really good match to calm things down a bit here. Just enough story, even though I didn't like the build because it had very little to work on. And the post-match helped tell another story because we didn't know who this guy was until commentary pointed out and said, Oh, that's Tarek Handy." 10-minute flat runtime, grade remained at a B plus because it was a good way to slow things down because after you have one hell of a banger, kind of dip it down just a little bit there. So there you go. Yep, I, I agree wholeheartedly. The Olympian was awesome. I believe Mansoor versus Ali delivered definitely. He got silver at uh, KO and his opponent after originally getting the gold. I did um, I did immediate research. Good shit. Thanks, uh, Hector. Hector. Good shit. And then next we will have for the Raw Tattoo Championships, RK Bro defending against AJ Styles and almost. Can we talk about Riddle coming down to the ring with a camel? He left, he leaves Randy Orton hanging, and Randy's just standing there like, yo, what the fuck is this dude doing? Next thing you know, he come walking his ass off the ramp with a damn camel. And I said, you know what? That's so Riddle. And even and Randy, even Randy had to recognize. I'd be like, you know what? That's Riddle. Fuck it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this was another uh, really good matchup here. Really good tag match. A short tag match. It was only eight minutes and forty seconds. It didn't feel too short though, and it was mostly that same formula that you get when you have uh, AJ Styles and RK and Randy Orton. AJ tried to go for the phenomenal forearm. It got countered into the RKO out of nowhere. Then the floating robot riddle spelled the end for them, and that's it. That's going to be it for for that tag team. They're not getting another shot, or they probably will give them another shot. Probably, I don't know. But this is a this is a fun little match. And again, this it's the trend that Sif just mentioned about kind of bringing things down a little bit because you start off hot with the Hell in a Cell match. So then here you go, you're bringing things down here with matching up with this the second and third matches of the night on the main card with uh, Mustafa Ali with Mustafa Ali and, and Mansoor, and then this tag match. Sif, how do you feel about that? Is, that? is that how you feel about that? That entrance, oh my god! You know, I I was dead ass laughing, but as Randy was like, that's fucking riddle for you. You know, 
Um, really good match here, and it really wasn't in doubt. They found a way to get almost to have a way to break, you know, break Prankfall, get rid of him, and still look dominant for AJ Styles and Amos. Um, solid rain chemistry. My rate, my grade went from a B plus to B plus, teetering on A minus as it didn't go up fully, because this is something. And this is my only quote with this match. This is something we've seen on Raw time and time again. And the rematch, which is inevitable, will likely happen again on Monday Night Raw. A match time is eight forty, and we move on. Yes, we do move on. We move on to. Uh, the Queen's the Queen's Crown tournament final. We would have Piper Nevin again. I never, I'm never going to call her by that dumbass name. Uh, going up against Zelina Vega. Uh, in our picks, when we made the picks on Saturday last Saturday, we thought it would be Shayna Baszler, but it was not Shayna Baszler. It ended up being Piper Nevin that made it to the finals, and we picked uh, the to be, to be determined. And we were going to kind of call it a push, like a draw, if if uh, Piper Nevin had won. But Zelina Vega somehow was able to land the code red on do, on uh, Piper Nevin, get the three count, and Zelina Vega is now your first ever Queen's Crown winner. This match went five was the longest match of the tournament at five minutes and fifty five seconds. Basically, this tournament ends with all the matches with all the matches combined not even hitting twenty minutes. Sis, how did you feel about this shit? <laughs> I'm not celebrating that at all. I'm not. Whoever celebrates a five minute, 55 second runtime in a tournament involving women where it's literally, and here's something crazy, it it actually came just slightly under total runtime of the tournament slightly under the runtime of the triple threat threat match it's later to come in this card it was serviceable but no i'm not putting any respect on it my great drop to a b but i'll hail queen zelina and she'll get a push here but this is the forgettable match of the rewatch right here yeah, uh, yeah, I agreed. I, I just felt like the women that were involved in this tournament just did not get the respect that they should have with a tournament where the first the first four matches of the tournament were average. The average runtime was two minutes apiece. Uh, the first four matches of two minute average runtime. That and then you, your final was the longest of the tournament, and it didn't even it barely, almost hit six minutes. So yeah, unfortunately, Zelina got the short end of the stick. She wins, but. Not really people are going to care, honestly. And that, I think that sucks for her because she came back to WWE after she got let go because she wasn't trying to give up her Twitch. She comes back, and this is what she gets. <laughs> this is what yeah. she gets. She gets, she gets this. She gives the Twitch stream over to her husband and drops the tweets about supporting unionization, and this is the trade-off. A crown. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty Basically. much. All right, so we would get that, and then we would move on to what was, and a lot of people were saying this, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley, no holds bar. People have been saying this is Goldberg's best match in Saudi Arabia ever. <laughs> That's a pretty low bar, to be honest. 
But I tend to agree with them. This was Goldberg's best match in his time uh, with WWE in his 50s. This was one of his best matches. The match went 11 minutes, 25 seconds. It started off a little bit shaky, but it really ramped up as it got went along. I like the, the spot where Goldberg actually hit the, the jackhammer perfectly, but got a near fall to show how powerful Bobby Lashley is. But then we would get the big spot where on the rampway, uh, Goldberg would spear Bobby Lashley off the ramp, threw some tables below, about 15 feet below, get the pinfall and get the victory. A lot of people had was not very high on the fact that Bobby Lashley still was able to get up and walk away from that. But you have to think about something. He's the almighty. Come on. Um, so, but again, good match. 11 minutes, 25 second runtime. Sith, how did you feel about this match? And then I'll go back in the, in the chat and see what Hector's saying. All right. Now, I got something funny to tell y'all. I had Lashley winning this match, and even on the rewatch, it, it starts off slow, but it wasn't that bad of a fucking match, okay? I think the only drawback to this match should have been a hair shorter than 11.35. That's it. My grade was at a B, teetering on a B-plus at this point. And as if the match was decent, both guys got to work in. And yes, I will admit this is Goldberg's best match. I'm going to take it a step further. This is the best match he's had since coming back on a part-time basis in this turnaround, this go-around here. This is his best match yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, best match he's had since his comeback and... Um... Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I, this is the first Goldberg match since he's been back that I've actually legit enjoyed. Um, and I figured he, would gonna, he was going to win this. It's Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. I figured this, that's why I picked him, and I ended up getting it right. So there you go. Um, so back in the chat, let's see. Uh, Gray drops to a standard A after that. Piper should have won and proclaimed herself yep. Queen Viper. That would have been lit, by the way. Yes. She of course said Queen Viper and got rid of that do drop bullshit. Uh, now Zelina should challenge Deanna Perrazzo for the Triple A Queens of Qu Queen of Queens Championship to truly be the Queen of Queens. Can you imagine that? That would be a good thing, except for one slight problem. WWE doesn't want to share any talent at all, and these they can come in and sweep up and annihilate the organization. By the way, uh, Hector said, Goldberg lied. He kept Bobby Lashley alive. <laughs> that is true, though. He said he was going to kill, he's going to leave Bobby Lashley's lifeless body in Saudi Arabia, and Bobby Lashley walked away. Shit. <laughs> and the jackhammer yeah. spear are the, are the only moves these two share. That is true. All right, true. next, we would get our King of the Ring finals. Xavier Woods and then Balor. We went, I went with the TBD and Woods, same with Sith. Uh, we felt that this was Woods' time. Everybody else in the New Day has seen singles, a big single success. Kofi being a former WWE champion, Big E being the current WWE champion, as long with being a former two time Intercontinental champion. So Woods is the only one in the New Day that has not won anything of significance in singles competition, and he finally does it. A nine-minute and 40-second match with him and Finn, which was really fun to watch. And I was really, really excited for um, for Woods to finally get that crowning achievement, pun intended. 
by winning this. He went for that springboard elbow a couple of times, uh, that elbow off the top rope a couple of times. He missed it or got reversed. But when he finally hit it and got the pinfall, mm. awesome stuff there. How did you feel, Seth? This was a fun match here and definitely a very positive way to wrap up the best King of the Ring tournament in recent memory. Really solid chemistry and storytelling. Ramped up a 940, and my grade went to an A-plus easily from here. And this is the last grade you'll get from me until the end of the card. Yes, yes, uh, I agree. This this definitely has my grade very high up there because, you know, good action and the right result, which was Xavier Woods winning. So now all members of the New Day have not only had tag team success, but now have each had individual singles success as well, with Woods being now king of the ring. And then we will move on, and we would get our, our WWE Championship match. We would have Big E going up against Big Daddy Drew McIntyre, and this was the proverbial and what we called, what we said on the podcast, big, big beefy men slapping meat. And that's what we got. They were absolutely going at it. We had a couple false finishes, the big ending, which had a kick out, the Claymore, which had a kick out, back and forth, up and down. Your emotions were all over the place. I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought that Biggie's title run was about to end here, but it didn't. Another big ending saw the victory for Big E and a show of respect for the two guys because they did win, go out there and absolutely put on a show, Sith. They did. Epic match. And as I say, grades on Radio Science until um, we're done with our recap here. Solid match. And one cool caveat, as was pointed out, both wrestlers kicked out of the opponent's finisher. You don't get that in a lot of matches where both opponents are like, shit, goddamn, kick down my finisher. Big E retains big time, 13 minutes, 25 seconds runtime. And I'd love the solid sign of respect between these guys. It was just amazing. It was amazing. And then we will move on to our to what turned out to be the semifinal, if we were talking about New Japan, but the co-main. And that would be the triple threat match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair. And this is one where the finish definitely left a bad taste in people's mouths because you have... But at the same time, it was, it was to be expected because of what happened on Raw earlier on in the week where you had... Uh, a woman who's getting ready to switch brands but keep the brand she's leaving as championship still on their waist. And that's what happened here. We all thought that Sasha was going to become the women's champion because she is on SmackDown and, you know, Bianca and Becky are going to Raw. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. But what we did get was, of course, seeing the the various bits of power that Sasha, that not Sasha, Bianca Belair exhibits why she's called the strong S. Uh, a lot of diff- good little spots there. A lot of close near falls and, and breakups of pins and everything like that. But in the end, we had the KOD. But then Sasha was, not Sasha, but Bianca was then put out the way when it looked yeah. like Sasha was about to end it. Becky with a nice little cheeky roll up and put her hands on the ropes, which didn't force a break of the pinfall because it's a triple threat match. So it was legal. And Becky Lynch walks out still the SmackDown Women's Champion. The man came around to Saudi Arabia and left with the goal, Seth. Yeah. Talk about a solid women's match. They came out and put on one fucking show here. Really exciting match. And although big time Bex retained the belt, 
we'll get into the center weekend review. It was predictable after what happened Monday night. Just solid strength. The crowd ate it all up. 19.25 is the match time here. And, well, there's several stories to come out as we'll get into that. And we go to the main event of the evening. Exactly. But before we get there, by the way, this is only the second time that a women's championship was defended in Saudi Arabia. As you know, Bailey did it uh, the year prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the year prior, she defended the SmackDown Women's Championship as well, 2019. So uh, it's good to see that not only are the women starting to get more and more time on the Saudi shows, but the championship is starting to be defended on the Saudi shows as well. So that's a big, big improvement. Oh, shit. Mama has Sticky just raided. Let's go. What's up, Sticky? Yeah. Got the Sticky sticky raid in here. What's up, broski? What's going on, man? Appreciate the raid with six viewers. Everybody, welcome. Uh, you are currently watching us record the uh, episode 133 of the No Spots podcast. We are currently talking about Crown Jewel, which took place this past Thursday. We just talked about the triple threat uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match, and we are getting ready to talk about the main event. Sticky, I miss you too. I was lurking in Thorn's chat yesterday when you and him and the others were playing uh, Warzone for Formidable Friday, so I heard your voice, and I was like, I miss my guy Sticky so much. I'm glad you're doing well. What's going on, Angry Leprechaun? What's going on, man? How you doing? Appreciate you coming in with the raid. Um, and Hector just uh, said up here, he was never going to let go of that ending with the SmackDown Women's title match, uh, which I understand. Yeah. Uh, and Team Big Mac pay total respect. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't think Hector's really trying to get that Team Big Mac over. I don't think it's going to get over much. Nope. <laughs> All right. It's Main fine. event time. Main event time. And surprisingly, this was a short match for what, was, what the build was, but it was understandable. Yeah. It's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Now, they tried to run a story where they was going to make it a no-DQ match, but then they said, both men said, we're not doing that. We want a straight-up match. And it went from no-DQ back to being a regular singles match, which was funny in itself. But this was a this match was fun. Even though it went 12 minutes and 20 seconds, this match was fun. Fun, Roman getting his shit off, Brock getting his shit off. The uh, you know the all the spots, you know everything about this match was so much fun. And then you had the, the towards the end, which a lot of people were not fans of. Paul Heyman throwing the belt in between the two of them. No one knows who he was really throwing it to. Brock ended up getting his hands on it. The referee was out at this point, by the way. He had taken he'd been taken out by an F five. And then next thing you know, the Usos come out to try to stop Brock from using the belt on Roman. They got away, and then Roman hits him with the belt and gets the victory that way and escapes with the championship. And again, 12 minutes, 20 seconds, sir. Yeah, what an awesome main event. This was well-paced, put on by both wrestlers, and you still have that intriguing question at the end as well. Did Paul Heyman mean for Brock Lesnar to get the belt? Or for Roman Reigns to get the belt? And does he regret throwing it? Because you, you could see the look on his face when they're on the entrance ramp. On the on the walkway ramp. And he's looking like, oh shit, oh shit. Anyway, the pop for both competitors was sick. The Great to see the kid gouts reversal of finishing moves again. You had the Usos coming out and even... The case for a second needed second rough because Charles Robinson, who was the first official, he got knocked out. 
all in all, everything clicked, and we definitely aren't done here. <laughs> Twelve twenty was your runtime, and now we get into our final uh, grades. Exactly, we will get into our final grades, and I'm just gonna keep it very simple and straightforward. This was an A plus pay per view. Again, this was the best saudi show that they have put on in the two years that they've been doing these shows now again they didn't do any saudi shows last year because of the pandemic but in all the saudi shows that they have done this was absolutely the best one everything Mm -hmm. clicked even though the queen's crown match was five minutes 55 seconds it still was a very compelling five minutes and 55 seconds it's just because of how poorly booked that tournament mm-hmm. was, a lot of people are not going to care. But that did not bring that did not affect the final grade of this pay per view. A plus all the way across. Sit. Yeah. Okay. Let's get this out of the way here. Okay. Conclusion of Queen's Crown. Okay. I, I get the problems with that. As the tournament, honestly, should have could have been wrapped up on Raw and SmackDown. All right. Cool. Uh, the finish of the night of Bianca versus Charlotte basically allowed WWE to do their now time-honored tradition of booking themselves into a corner again with big-time Bex retaining Thursday and the time of Lashley Goldberg took a little bit longer on the rewatch. Those are small issues at the end of the day, and this pay-per-view is the best Saudi show yet, hands fucking down. Now, if WWE can use the same energy of solid work on Monday nights as well as Friday nights and allowed for a pay-per-view, good shit all around would happen, but we know that's not happening. A-plus is my final grade because overall this card greatly overperformed on expectations majorly. It really did. I mean, we we both went in with very low expectations for this pay-per-view. As a matter of fact, I think my preliminary grade was a B-minus. Uh, and it ended mm-hmm. up oh, it ended up exceeding my expectations majorly. And I'm like, you can't ask for some anything better than that. A pay per view that looks like it's going to be absolute, not very good, turning out to be extremely good. Uh, what more can you ask for from 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 that? Except that. So thank exactly. you WWE for finally putting on a Saudi show that was actually worth watching. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. There you go. All right, so we go from one pay-per-view that's taking place this week to another pay-per-view because Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory pay-per-view, which is I used I used to think that Slammiversary was their WrestleMania, but no, this is actually in my opinion their WrestleMania. This is a big event and this will be the first pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling outside of Nashville, Tennessee since the start of the pandemic. They will be in Las Vegas. They're in Las Vegas tonight. The event will take place at 10 p.m. on Pay-Per-View and Fight TV. And it will be also streamed on YouTube for those who are who are subscribed under Ultimate Insiders. I am not. So I will not be watching it. But our our guy Sith here will bite the bullet. He'll check it out tomorrow yep. and come in and talk about it. If I find a way to watch it uh, without having to pay money for it, not saying I advocate that, but I will most likely <laughs> yeah. do that. Just saying because again, I can't justify paying forty dollars when you know finances are going to be a little bit tight towards the end of the month here. Uh, so there you go. But we're going to preview Brown for Glory. There are eight matches on the card. One match is going to be on a pre-show and seven on the main show. So let's begin with that pre-show match. Uh, that pre-show match will be the tournament final to determine the first, the inaugural Impact Digital Media Championship. 
it is their WrestleMania. Yeah, I figured that's what it was, Sage. I kept always mm-hmm. thinking it was Slammiversary, but no, Bound for Glory is their WrestleMania. Yep. And it's usually their big event. And what better event to have as the first one outside of Nashville in front of fans than this event right here. And then they're going to do two days of TV tapings, uh, Sunday and Monday, so that way they can um, tape their weeks of, of programming for uh, Impact. Yep. So there you go. So the And then the they'll Impact. be back next month to do the Impact Plus special from Samstown as well. Exactly. So there you go. There you go. All right. So again, the pre-show match will be the inaugural Digital Media Championship uh, Tournament Final. It's an intergender six-way match. Hey, Whitney, what's going on? Yes, it's been a great show. We got raided by my guy Angry Gamer. I mean, not Angry Gamer. I'm sorry, Sticky Bandit. Uh, and we're just here talking wrestling. We're getting ready to talk about Impact. <laughs> my lovely better half has arrived. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, so the intergender six-way matches the tournament final for the Digital Media Championship. It will be John Schuyler. It'll be Crazy Steve. Falaba on the are the men are involved in this, and the women's side is Jordan Grace, Madison Rain, who is replacing Tennille Dashwood after Tennille Dashwood was pulled from the match today, and she asked that Tenille, that Madison, her uh, influence partner, be added in, and Chelsea Green. Um, I'm gonna be very honest. I did not watch not one match. Uh, uh, in this tournament, neither Sorry. did I. I didn't watch one match, but so I'm going out on a limb here with my pick, and I'm picking John Skyler just based on you know what happened this past Thursday on Impact when he and Tennille Dashwood teamed up in that three way uh, tag match and they got the victory and how he celebrated with Tennille and everything like that. I feel like he's going to be the one to win it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I'm just going out on a limb, so I'm going John Skyler. Sith, who, who are you going with? Uh, like Champ, I didn't watch any of the digital matches here, but I'm going with Chelsea Green. Okay, interesting choice, Chelsea Green. So we, we, we're already different right off the start. I like it. I yep. like it a lot. I'm not putting our predictions on only because of the fact that this, this isn't one that we're live streaming. And for those who missed out, the next live stream reactions that we're doing is on November the 13th, AEW Full Gear. That's right, AEW Full Gear. We will be live reacting to that. Uh, on what's going to be a busy Saturday that day because the podcast will be early that day and then we'll be doing the live stream reactions and then afterwards I'm I'm not going to be watching it live but I'm going to try to watch it later but the Battle in the Valley is going to be on that night uh, in San Jose and uh, that's going to have like Okada and all the the stars going to be there so I got to watch it but I'm probably not going to watch it that night because I'll have Junior that weekend and so it'll be bedtime once we're done live reacting to Full Gear so there you go All right, we go to the main card and we're going to start off I'm going to start off by talking about the X Division title match Uh, as you know Josh Alexander was the previous champion, and he exercised what was known as Option C, which is he relinquished the uh, X Division Championship mm-hmm. to become the number one contender for the World Championship. And there's thereby, there was a little bit of a tournament to determine who would be the the next to try to get become the X Division champion after Josh Alexander. There were three triple threat matches that took place over the past couple of weeks on Impact on Access TV, and the three men that made it through to this point. Trey Miguel, Steve Macklin, and El Fantasmo of the Bullet Club. They all are going to go at it to determine who's going to be the next to hold the X Division Championship. I'm, I've picked this man so many times in these situations, and he always comes up short, but I'm not giving up on him. I'm picking Trey Miguel to win, become X Division Champion. It's just his time. 
This dude gate this dude could have went with his boys with the rascals to WWE and been sitting up there making that WWE money, but then he wouldn't be able to do his wrestling school and everything he does in Ohio. So he didn't go with them and he ended up re-signing with Impact. Reward this man. He needs that reward. Get him the X Division Championship, Sith. And they need to put some respect on Spider Trey's name like now. Okay. Um it's going to be a major travesty big time if Spider Trade does not win. Trade definitely should and will win this one. Now, Steve Macklin, El Fantasmo, much respect to them. Love them both. They'll be excellent contenders, and they could win eventually. But I'm going with Trey Miguel here. Absolutely, yeah. It's Trey's time. He's got, he's got to be. I've, like I said, I've been looking i've been searching for this for him to become x division champion like i said i picked him in the ultimate x match for the x division title when josh alexander was a champion and it didn't happen this has got to happen now it's got to happen now and it will happen now trey miguel new x division champion next we have the call your shot gauntlet now the way that they do gauntlets in impact is basically the same as the royal rumble essentially Basically, you'll have people, two people starting in the match, and then every, in time intervals, another person will enter until everybody is entered. We already know that Chris Saban is going to be the first to enter, and we know that W. Morrissey will be the 20th to enter after he won a battle royal to earn that slot. Um, you, you're going to have Rich Swan, Brian Myers, Moose, along with Morrissey and Saban, plus 15 other competitors that have yet to be announced. So you know there's going to be some surprises. And so I'm I'm going because I don't know who's in it. I had to go with a safe pick here and I'm going with W Morrissey because he's seven foot tall and he's the last person to come in. Now, typically you would think, oh, he's the last person to come in. But a lot of times they don't end up winning it. But I feel like this is going to be W Morrissey winning this because of the fact that he's been so unstoppable in impact. He's only had a couple of losses in impact since debuting. And so I think that this is the situation where he wins this so he can call his shot. And then whoever's a champion better be better be on guard, because if he comes out and he's ready to call his shot, you're probably losing your championship. What about you, Sid? How do you feel? Uh, if he gets a longer deal, because W. Morrissey said that his contract is six months deal expires at BFG bound for glory. I'm going with the TBA. I'm going with Adam Scher. You know him as Braun Strowman. I, I'm going to run with this. I could be totally wrong. But I think Stro- I think Adam Scher is going to win. Wait. What? What? Yep, that's Adam- right. There has been talk that he might make his debut tonight at Bound for Glory, so I wouldn't be surprised by that. And I would actually be pretty happy about that, honestly. But mm-hmm. So I like that pick. I like that pick of, of Adam Shear. I'm going to stick with Morrissey, but I like that pick. Next. Yep. I like your pick of Morrissey if he gets a longer deal because he's enjoying this six-month thing. Feel them out. Have them feel him out. You know, whatever. I like your pick, but I'm going with a TBA. I'm going with a shocker. Yeah, I, I like that one. Next, we have ourselves a tag team match. Violent by design. Don't know who's going to be actually in the match, whether it'll be Eric Young whether, and and, uh, and uh, 
Diener, whether it be Eric Young and uh, Joe Doring, or whether it be Diener and Joe Doring, they will be going up against Heath and TBA. It is the the the, stipu- the 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 situation with this is really really interesting. He said he wants a match with VBD, but he wants Rhino as his tag team partner. And if Rhino is not his tag team partner, he will face them by himself in a handicap match. So here's my pick here. I'm picking Heath and TB, TBA because TBA is going to be Rhino, and they're going to beat Violent by Design. That's just what's going to happen. So my pick is Heath and TBA and Violent by Design losers. Nah, dog. Nah, Violent by Design. I'm repping hard because this is what sanity should have been. Okay? I'm just spit, spitting facts here, y'all. The only way Heath wins is if Rhino saves the day. And I don't think Rhino's going to save the day. I hope he proves me wrong. So I'm going blind by design. Right. Um, yeah, so no, I'm, I think Heath and, and Rhino do it. I really do. I, I think cool. they do it. All right, next we have a triple threat match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships after what happened this past Thursday with Finn Juice <laughs> and the Bullet Club with double pins, which I felt was going to happen when the ref got knocked out. I said, this must be a double pin, isn't it? And sure enough, there it was. So now they couldn't determine who was the number one contender, so they're both number one contenders, Finn Juice and the Bullet Club's uh, Hikuleo and Chris Bay. They will all both challenge the Good Brothers for those championships. We have not seen the Good Brothers at all not even aew for a long while they've been holding those championships i feel like finn juice will will take them back i feel like finn juice will take them back and be two-time impact world tag team champions uh i don't see hikaleo and bay being the ones to take them i wouldn't be surprised if it was but i do feel like the good brothers will lose those championships at bound for glory and it'll be the finn juice nah i'm throwing it up Bay and Hikalea. Uh, I'm running with the Bullet Club here. Um, it's going to be a wild-ass match. All three teams are solid. They don't take it as a joke where it comes to tag team wrestling. And I think that it's going to filter through New Japan like this, which is a good idea. Um, I'm not going to touch the, any credence or non-credence to the report that came out this afternoon about AEW and the partnership closing up with Impact. I'm not sure about that. We're not going to go there. But I think the Good Brothers' time is done here. I think their tenure is done. I think it's time for the Bull Club to get some gold. Yeah, so I'm with you. So we both agree that the Good Brothers are losing the championships. We're just different on who's going to be the one to take them. So that's cool. All right, next we have for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships, the uh, the team of Decay, that's Rosemary and uh the death, uh, the, the original death, the, the original death machine of of, of Rosemary and um, Rosemary and, and, and Havoc, they're going up against the inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jess, Jess I Oh, dude, I cannot wait to see those two girls get into a ring because I honestly feel like they can probably do a lot better outside of WWE than they can in. Um, and so much so that my pick is them. They will win the Knockouts Tag Team Championships on their first night in Impact. They are going to win the Tag Championships. And why not? Because they're just that freaking good. The inspiration win the Tag Titles on their first night in Impact at Bound for Glory, sir. 
Yep, same here. Um, although, I'm going to call a shot here, big time. I loved the contract signing. Are you a part of the father? Um, I think that Decay and I think that Rosemary and Havoc are a great tag team. They're awesome. But I, I'm going with Cassie and Jessica here. I'm going with the inspiration. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I just, I, I just feel mm -hmm. like you don't, you don't give them this hype up of, a, of, a, of an interest by announcing them to come in at their, at your last event, and then this, their first match in is a title match, and you don't put the titles on them. Like the only way that this works, where they don't walk out with the championships but get another shot, is like if they like win by DQ or count out or something like that. That'd be the only yeah. way. Other than that, I just feel like they're gonna win the titles on their first night. All right, we go into another knockouts match for the knockouts championship. Mickey James, who had her first match in Impact in seven years uh, against Savannah Evans this past Thursday, with her chance to try to become knockouts champion again by going against Deanna Perrazzo. She's not becoming knockouts champion again. It's just not happening. Deanna Perrazzo has been such a great knockout champion. She's also the uh, the AAA Queen of Queens champion. So let's keep the ball rolling. Deanna Perrazzo will win and retain the championship. But Mickey Jane is going to give her a hell of a fight, Sith. It's going to be one hell of a fight. It's hard for me to go against Mickey James. She's an RVA native, represent. But I'm going with the Virtuoso here. Even with the Drama King banned from ringside, I don't think Impact's going to revisit Victory, Victory Road 2010 and pull a DQ title change. Peraza retains. Yep, yep. Peraza retains. And this, that brings us to what we expect will be the main event of the evening for the Impact World Championship. Christian Cage, the champion, defending that championship against Josh Alexander, who, as I mentioned earlier, uh, exercise option C by relinquishing the X Division Championship to have this matchup. It got really heated on Thursday, which we'll get into when we get in our weekend review. But I'm I've been looking forward to this match since it was announced, and I'm I can't wait. And I'm predicting a title change. I'm predicting that they're gonna put the they're gonna put the baton in Josh Alexander's hands to run with it as the face of Impact Wrestling. He has been long known as a tag team specialist. We all know of his successes with Ethan Page of the North, two multiple-time Impact Tag Champion, including the longest reigning tag champion in the company's history. But I think now he establishes himself as a singles star. He already showed that by becoming one of the greatest X Division champions around. He beat the greatest X Division champion of all time in Chris Saban to, at turning point to get to this point. And now I think he becomes the world champion. Yeah, this is easy. The walking weapons winning. Point period, point blank. No, no disrespect to Christian Cage. None whatsoever so people don't take it that way but it's time for someone new to represent the walking weapon josh alexander wins yes i think that josh alexander will walk away as a champion and uh so for our preliminary grades i'm giving this uh 
I'm giving this pay-per-view a preliminary grade of an A minus. Uh, I think I think that it's gonna perform better than an A minus, but I want to keep my expectations tempered. Again, this will be the first time they'll be in front of a crowd that's not inside of a studio yeah. in Nashville. They'll be in an actual venue in Las Vegas. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform and how they do with actual with people there in a different venue. It's a different feel. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that they're gonna perform well, and I think the pay-per-view is gonna perform well. Well, I'm going with an A minus. Sith, what are you going with? They are in their Vegas home where it comes to Sam's Town. And I've been to Sam's Town. It's a beautiful fucking casino. Now, for people going under Rotunda tonight, no. He could be in Vegas next month. His non compete expires on Tuesday. So for people trying to throw, no, don't do that here. B plus measured expectations, although it will overperform easily. Yes, indeed. It will definitely perform very well. So, again, uh, for next week's podcast, uh, we will recap uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, yeah. I will try to watch it some kind of way, but I probably will not. And then Sith will most likely be doing all the analysis on it since he has already ordered it and will watch it. Uh, and, again, we will not live stream react to it because it's going to be at 10 p.m. And... Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not gonna be up until yeah. 1 a.m. Yeah, day with his parents that day. I have brunch at 10 o'clock. I am not gonna be a walking zombie at 10 o'clock walking into brunch with Whitney and our server looking at us like, "You okay? That's Are you sure?" That. He is, yeah. he, is, he is absolutely correct. He is so correct on that. Um, but that's it for our, re our preview of Bound for Glory. Again, we will recap it next week. But it is time to take a, it's time to take a look at the week in review, the week in wrestling. And this week is going to be very different. Of course, last week we couldn't talk about Dynamite because it happened on Saturday, like right after we got out, off the air. So we're going to actually start with Dynamite from last Saturday and go through that. Then we're going to go through Raw. Dark and Dark Elevation will be combined again today, this week because it was, they were both very short shows. Uh, of course, we'll go through NXT 2.0. We'll go across the pond for NXT UK, which had a main event. Run, uh, uh, the main event was a run back from a previous match that took place. Uh, of course, we'll talk about Impact's final show before Bound for Glory. We'll talk about the new uh, era of SmackDown with the new star, the new people on the roster, and things of that nature. And we'll talk about Rampage. So let's begin with AEW Dynamite. And for those of you who are new here, because I know there's people that came in on the raid, so you probably don't know what this is. Pusho Berry is our new segment with the Weekend Review. We've been tweaking this segment for years at this point. Uh, yeah. But this was a segment we decided to come up with off of very uh, good suggestions from a good friend of the show, uh, Dan DeMare, who's host the Starting Five podcast, to help us try to cut down on the time we have on this podcast. So what we do is we pick five different bits, matches, segments from each show, and we go through each one of them, and we decide if it was, if it was good, it gets a push. If it was bad or we didn't like it, it gets buried. And then we go through that through the whole show. And towards the end, like when we get into Thursday, Friday, we then go rapid fire and just go and just say push, Barry, push, whatever. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to start off with Dynamite. And Dynamite, the first thing I want to talk about with Dynamite was that stellar matchup between Brian Danielson and Bobby Fish. Now, this is crazy. It's coming off. Brian Danielson was coming off the heels of a physical violent war with Minoru Suzuki the night before in the main event of the buy-in for Rampage 
then goes the next night and is going up against Bobby Fish. This was a phenomenal contest. A-plus all around when it came to this matchup. So, Sith, I think I know the answer. But for content's sake, Bobby Fish versus Brian Danielson. Push or bury? You got to push this, okay? I don't know anyone who's going to bury this match that's got any bit of common sense here. You pushed this, okay? It was a solid fucking main event here. The action was amazing. The chemistry was solid. And it's time to recognize that even though this isn't a top five match of the year, it could be an honorable mention. We fucking love it. Absolutely, I agree. You got to push this. This was a phenomenal, this was a wrestling contest. This wasn't sports entertainment. This was wrestling. And it was great wrestling. Uh, Next, um, Malachi Black found another victim in his uh, reign of terror, and that was the young Dante Martin. But Dante Martin put up a hell of a fight mm-hmm. against Malachi Black, so much so that after the matchup, Malachi Black even gave Dante Martin a nod of respect for the yes. effort that the kid put in. This is another situation where this kid, who came in as a tag team his with his brother, has seen so much so much success as a single star even though he hasn't won a lot of matches he's shown so much promise when it comes to being a single star and now he's got leo rush in his corner and things of that nature so sith dante martin versus malachi black push or bury whoever buries this is a fucking idiot you push it this was a solid way to open up the show saturday night solid action solid storing and Black put over Dante Martin that acknowledgement at the end post match that's putting him over Jesus Christ. Very yeah, this was a this was a really good opener. And again, Dante Martin just continues to just shine as a single star. And you know, I I, I feel so I feel bad for his brother because I feel like his brother's is not gonna be the for at the forefront because of the fact that his, that Dante has just been so so good on his own, and yeah. I hope I I hope they don't break up top flight because you know got Leo Rush in here and everything like that. I hope they don't break up top flight. I hope they let top flight be top flight and you know compete in the tag team division and compete for the tag titles. I really think they they should do that. Uh, next, we, we had ourselves a very unique little uh, segment match here. Uh, the Lucha Brothers were challenged for the Triple A Tag Team Championships by Andrade El Idolo, who said he was going to bring a team to Dynamite to challenge for them. And then this mass, these mass wrestlers come out, but Jericho, in, not Jericho, Punk knew immediately who it was before anybody else said anything. He knew immediately, he called it out immediately. And then... Sure enough, they got unmasked, and it turned out to be FTR, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the match was good. The match was good. It and, was. And, we, and not only was the match good, but then we had ourselves a little bit of a, a, a cheeky little swerve here because conventional wisdom says, oh, they retain. This is a AAA title. So, you know, mm-hmm. FTR is probably not going to go to Mexico to defend those. Nope. <laughs> FTR won the belts. <laughs> they won the belts. Um, so there you go. They won the belts. They're now the AAA World Tag Team Champions. And then later on, uh, Andrade paid uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman for their services. That was some funny shit right there. But, Seth, uh, the AAA Tag Team Championship match, push or bury? Now, look, you know, I'm going to do a Friday after next reference. Paid. That's right. In full, motherfucker. That's right. 
Anyway, um, Polish. Yeah, I didn't mind that La, Las Superranas turned out to be FTR. I thought it was hysterical. And it's great to have that cross partnership between AAA and AEW with the tag team belts defended on Dynamite as well as in Mexico. Just a solid match, and we have new AAA tag team champions. Indeed, you definitely pushed this. Like, that was a good little swerve there. Like, I think my one, my one little, little thing for this was maybe wait until after the match and then say, hey, hey, it's FDR. Look at this. Yeah. But maybe it, it was still a good little point that they got unmasked during the match and they still managed to get the victory and everything like that. So that's, you know, hats off to them for that. Uh, next, we had ourselves a nice little six man tag team match. We had the Dark Order's Evil Uno, Alex <laughs> Reynolds, and John Silver going up against the Super Clicks, Young Bucks, and Adam Cole, baby. And one of my favorite parts of this matchup was when they were going to do the bit where. Adam Cole has him in the camel in the camel clutch, the, Cole, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the camel clutch, and the young bucks do do the running the ropes and then go in and kiss him. But instead, Silver and Reynolds tripped him up, threw him out, got him out of the ring, and then they ended up being the ones to kiss Adam Cole. And the look on his face was absolutely priceless. Man, that was good. And then all, and then it turned into that beautiful combination where it ended up throwing him out onto the young bucks. This match was just fun this was such a fun match to watch and uh yeah the super click did get end up getting the victory but the dark order just you know ever since they they had that you know the reconciliation in um in Brody lee's hometown of rochester like they're just so over and you can't there's no breaking up this group at this point in time so sith dark order versus super click six men tag push or bury sir i'm pushing the match was insane. Postman showed more. And yeah. Okay, so Cutler's a stage for the elite and not really a factor, but to help them cover up their tracks, basically. But all in all, this match was a lot of fucking fun. It really, really was. It was. I I like I said I I had a blast watching it, so I'm definitely pushing this. And then finally, finally, we finally got to hear from the hangman after yes. He won the uh, casino ladder match to earn a number, earn a shot at the world championship, which will take place at full gear in a couple of weeks. And I got to tell you, this is one of the best wrestling promos I've seen in a long time, in a in a while. When it comes to just wrestling promos, the passion, the intensity, yeah. it really makes you feel and believe that this man is going to finally reach his destiny of becoming world champion and they have been building this kenny omega versus hangman page for the championship story online for over a year now and i think the payoff is finally coming in the form of hangman page winning the uh, winning the world championship but this promo really made me believe that that's what's going to happen so sith hangman page's promo on dynamite push or bury push this is something that I have rallied for that AEW does really, really well. Impact does really, really well. But other companies, shh, they don't. Long-term booking. This is for people who just tuned in on a Saturday night. They didn't know what was going on. This is something, as Champ said, has been happening for over a year. Okay? Um... It reminded me a lot of back in 2009, 
in the lead into WrestleMania, Orton versus Triple H, a lot of people don't remember. They didn't want to go back five years, but it really started with an evolution. Well, here it started with the elite and things just broke down. Then Paige and Omega, they broke up as a tag team after they lost the tag team championships. And you've had this slow build and it's just beautiful. And I think it's going to happen. Yes, yes. Um, this is what, you know, a lot of wrestling companies need to look at when it comes to their, you know, their booking is that long-term booking works. Yes, we are. And this is another term that the mayor uses. We are in a microwave era of wrestling fans where we they are. want it here and now and fast. Long-term building something out over time does work and it works perfectly. And that's what's, what you'll see when it comes to this and store and full gear. So that's that. And so that's what happened with dynamite. Uh, we did talk about in the pre-production, uh, Sip did want to mention about the John Mossy Wheelie Yuta match. I said, no, because there's not much to talk about there. Sure, Basically same. lasted like seconds and it was over. I hate that. That's what happened with Wheelie Utah, but apparently they must be building towards something with Mox to have him do that to, to Wheelie Utah. I think it's a heel turn, but that's beside the point right now. We'll see. We'll see what it is, but for right, but we just didn't want to really bring that up and talk yeah. about that into in in big uh, in long term because we don't know where it's going to lead. But Dynamite was solid this week as always, and uh, mm-hmm. did very well on Saturday night. Um, so. Let's move on. Let's talk about Monday. Monday Night Raw, which was the final show before Crown Jewel. This was a very, very interesting show. Very interesting show. Um, And there's a lot to get, there's a lot to unpack from this show. So let's start to unpack. Let's start, begin by talking about that King of the Rings semifinal match that saw Xavier Woods take on Jinder Mahal to win to he wins the match to get into what would end up being his crowning uh, moment of winning the king of the ring over Finn in Saudi Arabia but before it got there we saw Woods and and Jinder Mahal have a pretty good match uh for that for 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 that spot and the right person won which was Xavier Woods but the match was pretty solid it was solid and again as Sith mentioned during our talk of Crown Jewel this has proven to be the best King of the Ring tournament in a long time. Mm-hmm. And even with someone like Jinder Mahal in there, who's not the most, you know, the most sound wrestler when it comes he's to not. wrestling, <laughs> but he's, it still was a really good match. So Sip, our King of the Ring semifinal between Jinder Mahal and Xavier Woods, a push or bury? You push. People forget, people who only know Xavier Woods as a tag team wrestler need to find clips of him in TNA as consequences Creed because he was electric as that back then this was a really good match but you know it was much better booked Woods Balor not Jinder Mahal and Finn Balor if it were Jinder Mahal Finn Balor the match would not have been as good the match Monday was really solid, and it's another sign that the New Day can compete, compete strongly in singles as well as tag team. Exactly, and um, again, you know, even though he got it, he managed to still get a good match out of Jinder Mahal and everything like that. And I know people will say, "Don't hinder the gender." Listen, gender is just—he's just not it. I'm sorry, he's not. Anyway, 
We would get our Queen's Crown semifinal. We would get Shayna Baszler versus Piper Nevin. And this was a very, very interesting match because it was mostly Shayna. Uh, there was a lot of offense from Piper Nevin in the match, but it ended with Zelina Vega being out there and kind of trying to run a little bit of distraction. The uh, the Coquina, not the Coquina Clutch, the um, Kira Fuda Clutch was yeah, locked Kira in. Yeah, Clutch. The Kira Fuda Clutch was locked in. It looked like Piper was going out. Piper somehow found a way to reverse it into a pin and got the three count to get the surprising, shocking victory over Shayna and move on in the tournament. But this was a very short match, but still, still did what it needed to do. And that's really highlight that Piper Nevin could be a pretty good star on Raw uh, moving forward. We'll see what happens. But Sith, our Queen's Crown semifinal between Piper Nevin and Shayna Baszler. Bush or Barry? I'm bearing it for one main reason. It was less than three fucking minutes. You know, it, this was a pointless tournament overall, period, point blank. WWE should be fucking ashamed for themselves bringing in such fuckery here. I mean, less than three minutes, you have two wrestlers that could probably go five, seven minutes. You give them two minutes and change? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a minor push because cool. even though it was short, it was still pretty enjoyable and it really gave us a shocking result because I was all in on Shayna mm-hmm. winning this. I had no clue that Dewdrop was gonna win. I called about a dumbass name. Piper Nevin was gonna win this match, but she did, and it gave us a really good moment there for her to win that yeah. one and. It set us up for what was a pretty pretty decent uh, final in Saudi Arabia. But, yeah, um, I'm giving it a minor push. It's not going to get a big push, but I'm not going to yeah. bury it. Because mm-hmm. even though it was short, it still gave us a really good moment and, and, and things like that. So, there you go. Uh, next, we did have a tag match again. Big E and Drew trying to get along with each other before their WWE title match that happened at Crown Jewel. Uh, they would go up against the Dirty Dogs. Uh, we we already know the story there. They tried. They did that, uh, I think it was last week, where Dolph had to let them know, hey, I helped you guys' career. I'm just letting you know. Uh, so they had their match. It was a pretty good tag match. Um, yeah. And I, it was enjoyable. That's all I can say about it. It was a really enjoyable tag match. Um, and it just really, really lends towards what we, we saw in the, in the Crown Jewel match with the sign of respect and everything like that. Uh, so, Seth, Big E and Drew, who uh, Hector calls uh, Team Big Mac, uh, against the Dirty Dogs, Push up Barry. I refuse to call them Team Big Mac, but anyway. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, Hector. Much respect, dude, but no. Um, this wasn't... The only problem I have with this match... And thankfully, it didn't disintegrate this time. Is these odd couple pairings to get them ready for a match? Oh God, can they get along? All right, now we need to figure out something else because this has been ran into the ground really poorly. But this was a good match, though. So I'm pushing. I'm pushing as well. Definitely was a good match to watch, and you know, hopefully they 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 kind of get away from this formula. But I doubt they will because clearly, you know, if if it, if it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm I'm currently watching New Japan Strong uh, that's going on right now, and um, 
It's good to see like David Finley and his is is wrestling, and so is his brother. His brother's making his wrestling debut, Brogan Finley. So shout yes. out to Brogan Finley. Finley. This is hey, listen, it's a family business. Clearly, <laughs> it's yep. a family business. All right, final one we want to talk about here. Our main event was for the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair defending against uh, Bianca Belair. Conventional wisdom says, okay, Charlotte's going to SmackDown, so and, so, and Bianca Belair is coming to Raw. Bianca Belair should win the Raw Women's Championship. Yes, yes. Guess what? Bianca Belair did win the match, but it was by disqualification because Charlotte Flair used a chair and hit her with it. And there were reports that said that Charlotte actually wanted Bianca to win the belt itself. She has, she's such a big fan of Bianca Belair and thinks that she's going to go really far. But instead, it was a DQ finish. Charlotte retained the championship because she didn't lose by pinfall or submission. And because of that, we had what we had on SmackDown. <laughs> so, so, yeah. But the match was really good, though. It was really mm-hmm. hard-hitting. And everything, the finish just left just just left people wondering like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. So Flair versus B- B- Bianca Belair said for the Raw Women's Championship, push or bury? I pushed this, even though the ending was absolutely trash because it killed any momentum for the Crown Jewel match, having a title change. This whole charade of oh, we can just do a switch over. It's bullshit. It wasn't well received last year at the tag team championships by by the fans, and it definitely didn't go over well last night at all. Believe you me. Um, match itself was solid though until the ending, so I'm giving it a push. I'm also pushing as well. As I said, that finish left it so that when we got to the crown jewel, I wasn't surprised by that finish either. So there you go. Uh, and one last one we want to talk about is RK Bro. Uh, this is prior to their. This is going to be prior to their title defense against AJ and almost went up against the Street Profits. This is a really fun match to watch. Uh, it did end with outside interference from AJ and almost basically destroying all both teams to let them know like, hey. When we win the tag team championships, we're the ones you got to come after, not them, uh, which we would later find out would be not be the case. Uh, RK right. Bro will re- go on to retain, but this set the, the the stage for that tag team title match that happened in Riyadh. Uh, but the match outside, and and, and I'm, I don't even have a problem with the the finish because again, it let it it's gonna lead this, it led to what was happening in Riyadh, and it could lead to something else, especially with the Street Profits now being on Raw. So sip. RK Bro versus Street Profits, non-title match. Push or bury? Push. You gotta push. Entertaining match, and I get the finish, as you need to protect both the Street Profits, as well as continue the story of RK Bro and AJ Styles and almost. Still think there's a lot of mileage left in this story that's gonna develop, so you push. Exactly, you do push as well. And again, Raw, this Raw was a very, very interesting bag of, of things that happened on this show. Uh, you had... The match, what we just mentioned on here, you also had uh, they ran back Jeff Hardy and uh, Austin Theory, uh, and they had a lot of other stuff going. It was supposed to be Austin Theory versus R Truth, but R Truth did the bait and switch and <laughs> brought out Jeff Hardy. And I think Austin Theory still won, by the way. <laughs> he, did. he still he won, did. but and then tried to do the selfie gimmick again, and still, and then he ended up getting dropped. And then Jeff Hardy did the selfie on him, so there you go. But it was a lot, so hopefully, right. with, with the rosters now updated with the draft 
going into effect after Crown Jewel. It'll be interesting to see what kind of stories, uh, storylines crop up now with Raw, with the new superstars, such as like the Street Profits, like Bianca, like Becky, all of that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. Creative needs to prove me wrong. They really do. But I think the call up of Austin Theory is a mistake because they're going to bury him right into that 24-7 run. God, I hope not. I mean, they kind of teased it when he had that running with our truth. They kind of teased it. So hopefully they, that doesn't happen. He's such a talented kid. I don't want to see that happen. All right. Let's talk about AEW the, uh, this week with Dark and Dark Elevation. Again, both shows were very, very, were very short with only a couple matches on each. So for the second week in a row, we are having to combine the two uh, shows into one segment so that way we can get it all talked about in one mm-hmm. one fell swoop so uh before we get into the uh before we get into dark and dark elevation of course you know what i have to do i have to give you the run times for both shows and that is our first stat of the day This week's edition of AEW Dark Elevation episode 33 only featured four matches for a runtime of 25 minutes and 42 seconds. Dark proper, which was actually on location in Miami and not in Orlando as it typically is, Mm -hmm. only had six matches with a runtime of 40 minutes even. Giving you a total for both shows of one hour, five minutes, and 42 seconds. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your stat of the day for this week. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. Oh, what's up, Robbie? Robbie, I've been I've, I've been lurking while putting Zach to bed, but just wanted to say you are having a great show tonight. Thank you so much, Robbie. And again, Robbie, con- uh, congratulations. Uh, yes. Your daughter is absolutely beautiful. I'm so glad that you guys are having such a great time, you know, with Zach and now Zara. Uh, Zara. Um, just great stuff everybody you know show love to robbie robbie is uh also one of our mods for the channel and was also the one who helped to design our emotes that we have and our sub badges that we have as well really talented graphic designer and a really talented uh sports podcaster um he is currently on leave right now from the sports on the hill podcast with the birth of his daughter so he's doing that but I can't yeah. wait for him to get back to sports on the hill because the NBA season just started. So it'll be great to sit down with him and the rest of the guys to talk with his basketball. Uh, I will be plugging that at the end of the show uh, after my final thoughts because that is, you know, the, the, the season has just started up. They've already had their first two games as the Wizards. So we'll be getting Damn, to that. we won those two games. Yep, we won both of those games. Um, <laughs> beat, beat Toronto, beat Toronto like they stole something and then survived. Uh, uh indiana last night yeah um but anyway let's get back to let's get back to the wrestling and dark and dark elevation first i want to talk about the six woman tag match that we had on elevation because they actually kind of did this in two different variations with the same 
team on one side. So we had Rio Mizunami, Kylan King, and Red Velvet team together. They went up against Emi Sakura, Diamante, and Nyla Rose. And this was a this was a really good six woman women's uh, women's tag match. Um, like the fact that the, the the heel team did get the victory on here really sets the tone again nyla and um nyla rose as well as uh is, is in the tbs tournament t- uh, t- uh, championship tournament so you know she's got to establish herself as possibly being the favorite in that ma- in that tournament uh really good back and forth between these great to see colin king again like i said i'm a big colin king, king fan I'm waiting for the day that I see the graphic that says Kylie King is all is all elite because I think she will be a great addition to their women's roster and um, would bring some something something really good to the table. So, Sith, Rio, Kylan, and Red Velvet versus Emmy Sakura, Diamante, and Nala Rose. Push her there. We push easily. We push this. We push it. <laughs> we push it as much as we do. You know, as much as you can. It was a fun main event here. It was a six-woman tag to boot. So now the women are getting some trios working. Good match. Solid chemistry. And, again, note to AEW. Why haven't you made Kylan King all elite? Why? Good question. Good question. And, and, and that's another thing that really, really stood out to me with this was this was the main event. Yes, it was a four-match show, but the fact that this was the main event was re- really was a positive for me. And um, really, really love to see that. Seeing Kylie King in the main event, Rio Mizunami, uh, Red Velvet, Emi Sakura, Diamante, Nana Rose. It was just great. Uh, also on Elevation, uh, I'm excited for you all to break down the basketball game. Basketball, the games were great, and I miss chatting with you all. But I know you all you all kill it. Yes, we will do, do our best, uh, Robbie. You know that. Uh, so I can't wait to do that, to talk about that. And like I said, I'll mention that at the end uh, during my final thoughts. Uh, next, we also, uh, uh, one of the other four matches on the card was a tag team match. Proud and Powerful were in action. They went up against Sean Maluda and Jaka. And the only reason why I put this match down is something I wanted to see if we could push or bury is because it was very competitive. Uh, it wasn't a typical, you know, they just beat them down and hit their finish, and that's it. They was they, Like, Maluda and Jaka were actually fairly competitive in this matchup. And it was it was really fun to watch. It was good to see Proud and Powerful actually get worked, get worked a little bit in, in a yep. match that wasn't dynamite. So it was it was really good. So Sith uh, said Proud and Powerful versus Sean Maluda and Jaka. You push or Barry? I'm pushing this. Um, fun tag team match had fluid action, and yeah, the outcome was never in doubt. But it's good to see Santana and Ortiz, Proud and Powerful. And a match on dark elevation that's not a squash, and it's actually extremely competitive. Absolutely, that's uh, that's all. That's what I I look for is to see a match where it's very very competitive. It's ultra competitive, and it's just fun to watch. Uh, now we move on to dark proper, where our main event this week or uh, for dark was excuse me an eight man tag match. It was the dark order. Going up against 2.0, Daniel Garcia and Serpentico. This, what I'm, I, what I like 
is that Serpentico is kind of taking a step away from Luther and starting to be on his own. And it's just really funny to see the type of chemistry that he had with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. He uh-huh. 2.0 came out, and then Serpentico tried to stand in between them to do the arm fold thing, gimmick that he stole from Taz. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, Daniel Garcia come out and said, fuck you doing? <laughs> like, that's my spot. So the, the chemistry was so funny to see, but the match was so entertaining. I had fun. Uh, the Dark Order ended up getting a victory. Serpentico was locked into the, um, the that full Nelson from 10, and they got the victory. Good win for Dark Order to close out the show. So, Sith, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Push or bury this eight-man tag team match? Push, because we finally get Serpentico away from Luther's old ass. I mean, come on. How long have me and Champ been saying you need to get Serpentico away from Luther? How long have we been telling y'all this? Here's the end result, you push. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to take a drink there. Um, yeah, you definitely Agreed. push. You definitely push. You definitely push. And again, the Dark Order is really starting to build momentum again after, you know, they had that bit, uh, that brief little angle where it looks like yeah. they're going to break up. But timely uh reconciliation in rochester and now they're starting to really build momentum and this is a really fun main event for the show and then we move and as i mentioned before that six woman tag we had on dark elevation which had real mizunami kylie king and red velvet against emmy diamante nala they ran it back with a different team velvet this time was with thunder rosa and chris statlander to go up against emmy diamante and nyla Another another really good six woman tag match. Um, I believe the faces won this night. I believe. I think I, so. Yeah. But I'll check that. But this is another one that I really enjoyed. I, I'm glad that they kind of ran it back with that same trios team. Um, I would not. I would not say to AEW to create women's trios championships just yet. Yeah. I mean, you're just about to only uh, only add your second women's championship in January. I think it's too soon to think about tr- women's trios championships, but I digress. But still, if, if that was an idea, they could possibly do it. And I think that this team right here, Diamante, Emi Sakura, and Nyla Rose, would pre- if, if they did do women's trios championships, they would be the first champions, just like Gun Club would be the first men's trios champions. So this match here... Sith, are you pushing or are you bearing it? Pushing. This was a good dark match with six women. He went go out and just fucking wrestle for a few minutes. A lot of good action and the time they were allowed to work. All in all, push. And then um, it was it was the faces that won. Red Velvet mm-hmm. pinned Emi Sakura, Emi Sakura with the final slice to get the victory. So the faces did win on this night. Uh, but again, you definitely pushed this. Uh, you put four, six of your most ta- six very talented women together uh, with three of the six of those women being in the top five in the women's division rankings and you get a good you get a good match and there you go and finally we got ourselves a very good singles match the elite hunter himself frankie kazarian was in action haven't seen him in action in a one-on-one match in quite a while and he was going up against aaron solo of the factory you had qt marshall on commentary by the way which was absolutely priceless because him and Taz really like each other, so he, you know yeah. Taz was putting them, Taz was putting them over, and it was a really good match. Uh, Frankie Kazari has been in this game a long time, and this dude still puts on really good matches. And Aaron Solo is still young; he's still 
move he's still he's still growing as a professional wrestler but he really put on a show frankie kazarian did get the victory over aaron solo but it was still fun to watch i really enjoyed it sith do you feel the same do you push or do you bury this match um he pushed solid match and although the factory is still one of the best factions out there in aew Solo looked strong in defeat to the elite hunter i push yep uh, Kazarian got the victory with the, uh, the the chicken wing to get the tap out victory, yeah. but it was still chicken a really good match. I, I really enjoyed that match, and apparently this that that victory right there for uh, Frankie Kazarian was his fifty fifth victory in AEW. Yeah, that's crazy. Fifty fifth victory gets twenty six defeats as in his career in AEW. That's insane to me, dude. That's hmm. Insane. But again, dark and dark elevation. Again, now that they're back on the road, we're getting shorter and shorter uh, episodes yep. of dark and dark elevation. But the trade-off to the shorter, shorter matches, the, the shorter, shorter run times, is we're getting matches that are running a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Now, mm-hmm. granted, dark uh, elevation was only 25 minutes with four matches, which means that it was an average match time of around six uh, uh, each match had an average runtime of around six minutes. So okay, but again, when you're all, when you're filming these shows after or before you do your major shows like Dynamite or Rampage or yeah. something like that, you can you only you have to do a, you have to be short with it. You have to be short. You have to be short with it. So there you go. All right, let's talk about NXT 2.0, shall we? Let's talk about NXT 2.0. Uh, NXT 2.0 has been an interesting, interesting show since its rebrand to this and this change from the the grungy CWC to what it is yeah. now, the much more brighter, vibrant uh, uh, setting that it's in. It's been unique, but a lot of these, but they've been showcasing a lot of these newer talents who are really who look really good um, and look really look like they're going to be really good additions to the NXT roster. So let's start it off. Let's talk about what was our main event of the evening. Uh, our NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa teaming with his challenger Braun Breaker. They went up against the grizzled young veterans soon to be recognized as losers <laughs> sorry i had to do it i had to do it but this is a really good main event one thing i know i noticed from this matchup that i wanted to bring up because i didn't bring it up before not only does braun breaker sound like his father braun breaker throws clotheslines just like his damn daddy like come yes. on dude like it was like almost like a mirror image of the way he was throwing clotheslines, the way his dad threw clotheslines. It was crazy. This was a good main event, and really funny the fact that um, I believe that Champa tagged in Braun Breaker, and Braun Breaker ended up getting the victory for his team. But this was solid, and it's building towards their master having this Tuesday Halloween Havoc for the title. We already know what the result's going to be, or maybe we don't. I don't know, but... This main event match, Champa and Braun Breaker versus GYV. You push or you bury? Big push. Big push. Um, as well as the push match. I get the feeling Braun Breaker might not be champion yet at Halloween Havoc, but he's definitely ready for that smoke eventually. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Oh, look at Bay and El Phantasmo. They, they uh, have a tag match on Strong right now, and they're playing oh, the headbanger fuck. music. I love it. All right, next. We had ourselves a unique little opening segment because we opened the show with the new North American champion, uh, good old Carmelo Hayes, along with his boy Trick, 
and they were gloating and bragging about him cashing in that uh-huh. uh, cashing in that 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 contract, winning the championship, and all that other stuff. So yeah, it was a good it was a good little program pro, promo. I like the the attitude change in, in Carmelo Hayes. I like Trick being that guy that is like, you know. He's he's that he's a hype man. He's a hype man. Yep. That's what he is. He's a hype man. And but then they would be interrupted by the man who was the the first to be the triple crown winner in NXT, the former North American champion Johnny Gargano, who came out and was like, you know, I've been having my fun and everything like that, you know. But now, you know, Indy's married. Austin's on Raw. And the wifey's at home pregnant. He didn't say pregnant. He said another. He said pregnant. <laughs> he said <Yeah>. pregnant. <laughs> I love it. Um, but he said now he feels like he's lost his way. But now it's time to find his way back, and that's going after the North American Championship. They thought they would have the numbers advantage because it was just him until Dexter Lumis just suddenly appeared out of nowhere and went and attacked him, and they took hold of the North American Championship, and they're going to be in a in a in a ghost house or fun house or a haunted house or some shit like that next week uh for <laughs> halloween havoc yeah but this opening segment sith push or bury you push love how the still promoting the air talent as trick williams come around with Hayes opening the show and having gargano come out as well to boot looks like uh johnny uh takeover is back looks like he's back as a baby face and it all worked out and dexter loomis just sitting that lesson like yeah we're good Yep, we're pushing. Definitely push. That was a good opening segment. You really got to see the person, the new personality of Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, and I think that this rivalry with him and Johnny Gargano is going to be really good, honestly. So push that. Next, we had ourselves a nice little tag team match. The Creed brothers, representing the Diamond Mine, went up against Imperium in a match where. I honestly thought it was going to be go the way the Creed brothers, because remember, they have yet to lose as a tag team or you lose on NXT. But mm-hmm. yet, thanks to some distractions from uh, Ika Manjiro and uh, Kushida, the Creed brothers lost. They lost to the former NXT tag team champions, Imperium. So now Imperium is really making strides towards once again becoming tag team champions they're going to get that shot at halloween havoc but their the, the team they're challenging did come after them after the match and attack them behind after the match to get a bit of a let them know hey you're not going to take these championships too too easily from us so seth i know you're an imperium mark so creed brothers versus imperium plus what happened after the match push or bury sir i have a suggestion besides the fact that i'm pushing him because yes i am an imperium mark but it was a fun tag team match. Post-match was also intriguing. Really good action, storytelling, and a lot of fun. No one said the Diamond Mine was going to win on a weekly basis, you know, in all their matches. But this was a lot of fun. Yes, it was definitely a lot Note of fun. Note to the fans, be careful what you wish for. MSK is a face team. Y'all want them out of the, boom, out of the building. Be careful what you wish for. Because they can be heels and they can be dicks just as easily as they can be faces. That's that is true. We've seen it when when they were the rascals. So I mean, uh, they were they were heels as the rascals in Impact before they became faces and were over. So we know what they can do. But again, Imperium got the victory, and there you go. 
Um, so next. Oh, wait, hold on. Hey, sis, sorry I was just listening and not watching chat. Love my AirPods while I put him to bed in, or in the shower. Absolutely. Hey, listen, AirPods are, are lit. I, I don't have any AirPods, but I know how, how clutch they can be. Um, so I want to talk about that segment we saw with, with Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly. That was one of the most entertaining and funniest fucking segments I've seen on NXT. Kyle O'Reilly meets Von Wagner out in the middle of nowhere with a bike, thinking that they're going to go on a bike ride to work out. And Von was like, you're not going to need that bike where we're going. And they do a lot of different little workouts and, and exercises and things like that. Looks like they're trying to build their chemistry as a tag team, which I'm not mad about that. That's a, that's a pretty good way of doing it. And I, I, I had fun watching this. And that's why I wanted to talk about this one on here, because I thought that that was like – out of all of the segments that they do on NXT 2.0 since the rebranded, this is one of the more very enjoyable ones that I would go back and watch again because it was just so funny and just so just so comical and everything. You got Kyle O'Reilly and Vaughn. They're two d- totally different people, but at the same time, like they still connect. So there you go. Sith, this segment with Vaughn Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly, you pushing or you're burying? I'm pushing. Um, I get the feeling that Vaughn Wagner is going to turn on Kyle O'Reilly eventually, but it's enjoyed this while it lasts. Because Kyle, you gotta remember, y'all. You gotta remember. Kyle has lost Adam Cole. He has lost Bobby Fish, they're both in AEW, they're both all elite. And Roderick Strong's in the Diamond Mine. So he he's like in this isolated island. He, he's turned into NXT's answer to fucking Agent Mulder of the X-Files. Trust no one. So, this is a very intriguing story. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's going to be good to pay attention because you got you, you have that feeling as if you're a, long, a long-time wrestling fan that, you know, that's what's going to happen. I kind of hope it doesn't, but you, know, you feel like it's going to happen. Oh, heck, is back after 30 minutes of trying to install a derailleur. Poor guy. Oh. All right. So, all right. So, finally, let's talk about that three way women's match to determine who would spin the wheel and make the deal for that triple threat women's tag team title match between Io Shirai, Persia Pers- like Purota, and JC Jane. Io got the victory with the over the moonsault, which was really uh, just a really physical matchup. Uh, so much so. Um, JC Jane did take an ugly bump in the matchup. She had to be ch- uh, checked out, but sh- she is okay. Yeah. Uh, and then after the over the moon salt and the victory, EO would go to the wheel, and her tattoo partner Zoe Stark would be out there, and they would spin the wheel. And we are giving ourselves a ladder match for the tag team championships. Listen, we're getting a ladder match for a championship on free TV. You can't complain about shit, and it's a triple threat. That's going to be fun. So, Sith, this three-way women's match to determine the stipulation, who determined the stipulation for the tag team title match, push or bury, as there's people, there's uh, first responders running past my place, so sorry about that, yeah. but push or bury. Sorry about that, folks. Um, this gets a big push here as well. The post-match, spin the wheel, make the deal. This was fucking lit, and although we had a scare in the match, 
damn, this match was a lot of fun. Um, really like the idea of having a ladder match on free TV, especially Halloween Havoc. Oh, it's going to be carnage all over the ring. Oh, yeah, I cannot wait. That's going to be so awesome. But again, NXT 2.0, it's starting to grow on me a little bit more. We did have... Um, we did, we did have uh, uh, L.A. Knight in a match where he became the host of, of the uh, yeah. Halloween Havoc, which was really fun. I, I can't wait to see what he does, you know, because when it's nighttime, it's the right time always. So you know that. But um, that's that's it. That's all. NXT 2.0 is starting to grow on me a little bit. I want them to be more consistent, so hopefully they're more consistent so that way um, – I don't feel like it's slog watching it, even though it's only two hours. I want it to be enjoyable, and I'm pretty sure a lot of wrestling fans will want it to be enjoyable as well. Uh, Hector, and with that, tell me about, Hector, it took me about 90 minutes to install Windows 11. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so... All right, so with that, again, because of the fact that AEW Dynamite is once again on Saturday night instead of on its normal Wednesday, we will cover that next week on the podcast because we'll be doing a double dip of, of, of Dynamite because we'll be recapping tonight's episode as well as the they'll be back on Wednesday next week. So we'll be double dipping on that one. So just stay tuned for that. But it's time to go over the pond it's time to talk about the nxt uk report this week and this week as i mentioned earlier on in the main event they ran it back again and it was just as good as it was the first time so sith what's on the report this week uh, what happens when you get joe coffee of gallus the irish ace jordan devlin in a main event match and the rest of Gallus is banned from ringside. You'll find out here. Uh, Supernova Sessions came back this week as well. Uh, with some very intriguing results, you'll find out here. What happens when Primate and T-Bone of Symbiosis goes up against Jack Stars Deep Mastiff? You'll find out here. And in the women's division, could we be seeing a possible sign a frustration turning, turning, frustration led turn possibly. We'll find out all this and more in the NXT UK report right here, right now. Hello, friends, and welcome to your NXT UK report for this week. We opened the show this week in the women's division, where Zaya Brookside took on Aaliyah James. This was a good women's division matchup here between two young ladies that will definitely be in the future of the pro wrestling business. Physical matchup here, but at the end of the day, it was Aaliyah James on top with a sunset flip for the pinfall win. And just like with her last loss a couple of weeks ago, Zaya Brookside again frustrated post-match. Woo. Slight signs of a heel turn, possibly, we'll have to see. In the tag team division, T-Bone and Primate of Symbiosis, with Eddie Dennis in their corner, took on the new team of Jack Stars and the bomber Dave Mastiff. This was a physical and imposing matchup of two teams that just don't know how to say the word quit. But at the end of the day, Stars and Mastiff win by DQ after Eddie Dennis came out and ripped Stars off the ring apron and attacked him with a steel chair. 
We had the return of Supernova Sessions this week, and Noam Dar's guests were Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven. This was per the usual, was Noam Dar being a dick to his guests, and it came close to blows as trash-talking escalated quickly with Shaw Samuels and Trent Seven holding back Noam Dar and Tyler Bate. We will be getting the anticipated matchup between Noam Dar and NXT UK Heritage Cup champion Tyler Bate next week. Also next week, we're getting Rohan Raja versus Mark Coffey of Gallus. And in two weeks' time, it's Jenny the Fashionista with Joseph Connors in her corner taking on the final boss, Mako Satomura, for the NXT UK Women's Championship. And in our main event this week, Joe Coffey of Gallus took on the Irish ace Jordan Devlin with Wolfgang and Mark Coffey of Gallus banned from ringside. This was a solid main event from two vets that know each other inside the ring in all forms, and these two wrestlers delivered the goods. But at the end of the day, it was the Irish ace Jordan Devlin ending up on top after a 450 splash cover failed, and he nailed his Devlin side finisher and that is your nxt uk report for this week all right we are back that was your nxt uk report for this week and as i said they ran it back jordan devlin coffee too with a different result which means only one thing sis they're gonna have to have a third I need that in my veins. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I need that <sighs> in my veins, man, dude. But this, like I said, this match was just as good as their first encounter. And this is, and their first encounter was in front of nobody. This time it was in front of people. Imagine their third is going to most likely happen in, in front of crowds, maybe a bigger crowd or something like that. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And it's going to happen. But Zaya Brookside, baby. Baby, what's what's wrong? What's going on, baby? What's what's up? Everything you you good? She got beat by Leah James and didn't want to shake Leah James's hand. She's very fresh. She looks like she's very frustrated, which understandable. I mean, she hasn't been on the best of, uh, of runs recently in NXT UK, but baby girl, come on now. You gotta you gotta you gotta harness that. You know, harness that to get yourself back on on track here now. Come on, no, you, you, you're but but big but big congrats to Aaliyah James though. That was a hell yes. of a victory over over uh, Isaiah Brookside, and uh, really good really good women's match to open the show. And um, also uh, symbiosis and and uh, and that matchup with Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. Mastiff and Stars, I have a feeling, is going to be. Another team that's going to be in contention to face off against Pretty Deadly for those tag team championships. Donna, thank you for the 15 bits. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Welcome to the stream. Uh, but yeah, I think that Jack Stars and 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 Dave Mastiff are could could be the next in line to go after Pretty Deadly in those tag titles. They've pretty much proven that at this point. Oh, uh, Jim. What's up? They could be our next tag team champions. They're facing them, right? They, they, they're they getting a shot, right? Eventually. Okay. Yeah, I would love to see it. I would love to see that. I would love to see them become the next tag team champions. That would be so freaking I mean, awesome, I like bro. Pretty Deadly. You know that. I've gotten to like Pretty Deadly, so have you, like, 
Stars and Mastiff, though, that is a really cool tag team. Yes. It's such a unique tag team. Such yes. a unique tag team that at first when they got together, it's just like, is this going to really work? But it looks like it's going to work. And I mm-hmm. and I agree with you, Sif. I think we're looking at our next uh, NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Honestly. Honestly. All right, but that was our NXT UK report again from the basement. You'll get that every week. And Noam Dar is still a dick. Noam Dar is so awesome. Fuck you. <laughs> I love Noam Dar, bro. Like, so do I. I I hated I hated that get that that I I I had a love hate relationship when he had that storyline relationship with uh, uh with Alicia Fox. Yeah. Kept calling her Alicia Fox. <laughs> yeah. Like you said Fox instead of Fox because of that Scottish accent. But I've always been a fan of Noam Dar. Honestly, I think that he's very underrated and he's really yes. cool. Like, and he's just you know he can never be a face. I honestly feel like he can never be a face ever. If they he's turn a face, him he face, would suck. It, if they turn him face, it's going to be a crime. The guy is. I love heels. He's one of the top heels in WWE right now. Absolutely, absolutely. He's so not in Gene Health, but he's damn good. He is. He's de- he's definitely one of the top heels in NXT UK. But yeah, I I, I I can never see him as a face at all. I just can't. All right, let's talk about Impact. Like I said, the NXT UK report for anybody who's new to this podcast, we usually play that after reviewing uh, Dynamite, which is on Wednesdays. But because these last two weeks have been on Saturday, it's after NXT as we go throughout the week. And since it's on, on happens on a Thursday, and then we go into Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling had its uh had his uh oh go home that's interesting no i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm like i was looking at uh uh uh, what's his name robbie eagles doing an interview after his matchup and fucking will osprey walked in there with his uh championships and said something i didn't hear what he said but i just thought that was interesting um but so the go home show for bound for glory was this night and we got a lot a lot to add to what's coming up tonight with Bound for Glory, which is going on, which is going to go live in about almost an hour from now, about an hour yep. and twelve, hour and fourteen minutes from now, they will go live with that. But let's start it off by starting by talking about what opened the show, which was a tag team match to determine number one contenders for the Impact World Tag Team World Tag Team Championships. It was Finn Juice, David Finley, and uh, Juice Robinson. Going up against the Bullet Club's Chris Bay and Hikuleo, this is a really good back and forth matchup. But the moment that the ref went down, I felt it in my bones that there was going to be some kind of screwy up, screwy finish that would create a situation for a bigger match for the tag titles at Bound for Glory. And sure enough, one ref gets knocked down. Another one's in there watching everything. Then suddenly there's double roll-ups, double pins. Both referees count the, the falls, and we have basically a draw. And we don't know who's the tag team, who's going to be the number one contenders. Scott DeMore would later on say, you're both the number one contenders. You're both going to challenge the Good Brothers at Bound for Glory. So there you go. So, Sith, our opening number one contenders tag team match, push or bury? Since we're now going into rapid fire, push. Yep, we're going to push, definitely push. At the end of the show, we had our main event segment where uh, Christian Cage and Josh Alexander had one final face-to-face before their matchup tonight at Bound for Glory, and it was heated to say the very least with Josh Alexander saying that he no longer respects Christian Cage and he's going to take the title, and then it got physical, and that's the way that it ended things. 
but it was a very heated segment. Uh, so the main event segment of Christian Cage and Josh Alexander, Sip, push or bury? Push. Yep. Definitely push that one. Uh, next, Mickey James in her first match in Impact in about seven years. She was one-on-one in a pick-your-poison match against Savannah Evans, handpicked by Deanna Perrazzo for this match. And it was really good. Mickey James, you know, she still got it. She still got it, and she was able to pick up a big victory uh, over Savannah Evans. But then after the match, Deanna Perrazzo decided to come out and break the no-contact rule. She didn't punch her. She didn't hit her. She poked her. And then she turned around, and uh, Matthew Wayroll, the drama king, took her fucking head off with a clothesline. So that infuriated Scott Demore, and Scott Demore made a decree after uh, afterwards that Matt would be banned from ringside, and that if there was a, any more violations of the non-contact, that they would both be suspended indefinitely. But she will. But he also did not strip Deanna of the championship because, he, as he said, he wants to see Mickey James whoop her ass for that championship. Mickey James versus Savannah Evans, plus what happened after the match. It's push or bury. Push. I mean, come on. Uh, Trey, ahead of his ex-division, had a matchup with a very cocky, arrogant Alex Zane, but this match ruled. This match rule, it was really good. And, of course, Trey, Trey, Spider Trey got the victory, building up that momentum, going into that triple threat tonight for the X Division Championship. Sith, Trey Miguel and Alex Zane going one-on-one and electrifying. Push or bury? It's a push easily. Absolutely, it's a push. Uh, and finally, um, I was going to have the triple threat tag that involved all the people that was part of the digital media championship on here, but we thought it was more intriguing the VBD Heath Rhino segment. All right, Robbie, take care, man. Much love, brother. Uh, Please give my love to to your wife and to the kids. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Exactly. Love you, pal. Talk to you there, bro. Uh, So that, that segment was really, really intriguing because you wondered, is Rhino going to go back to VBD? Is he going back to VBD, or is he sticking, or is he going to go with Heath? And it turns out he didn't either. He left. When it looked like he was going to gore Heath, he left the ring. He left out. Heath ended up on, on the receiving end of a three-on-one beatdown from Vala by Design. He was calling out for Rhino, but Rhino did not return, and that's how the segment would end with him once again being buried underneath the VBD flag, leading to this tag match where will where the question is, will Rhino be on his side or will he be on the side of VBD or will he not do anything? So this segment, Sip, because this is a segment you had written down, Push or Bury? Push easily. Yeah, this has been one of the more intriguing storylines going into this this event that's been keeping my attention is this right here. I'm a big fan of VBD, but I still think that Heath and Rhino are going to be teaming again, and they're going to be they're going to win the tag titles. I mean, not win the tag titles, but they're going to win the tag match. And then maybe later right. on they win the tag titles. Who knows? Oh, later on they are winning the tag titles. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we we're rapid fire here. We're gonna head straight from Thursday night and impact to Friday night smackity down. And of course, with this episode of SmackDown, it is it was uh, dubbed the new era of SmackDown because 
after Crown Jewel, mm-hmm. all the draft picks, all the draft selections went into effect. So we had new superstars on SmackDown. So a potential for new challenges, new storylines, new rivalries. But we started off with a 36-minute opening segment. A 36-minute opening segment, which was good. It was a good segment. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was a good segment, but it was just long as fuck. Like, I shouldn't have to wait 36 minutes into a wrestling show to get a wrestling match. That was my only gripe, but the segment was good. It was Roman Reigns coming out. And we already noticed the, 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 the subtleties of what's going on in the dynamic with him and Paul Heyman. Normally when he comes out and he's standing at the rampway, he puts his hand out and Heyman hands in the belt and he holds it up. He didn't do that. He immediately went out there and put the ones up, which confused the shit out of Paul Heyman. Then he got in the ring and did the same thing and then put his hand out for the mic and he got the mic and he said, like, it was easy for you to put the mic in my hand, but what about with the title belt? Basically saying, you, sh- you're, you were shit at your job last night, dude. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And then he basically jo- goaded and chided Brock until Brock came out and just beat the fuck out of everybody. He beat up Roman Reigns. He beat up the Usos. If Paul Heyman wasn't, hadn't already ran, he'd probably beat up Paul Heyman. He beat up road agents. He beat up wrestlers. He beat up referees. He beat up a cameraman, for fuck's sake. <laughs> And, and then, then he wrecked the camera. Yeah, and then Adam Pierce decides he's going to suspend him indefinitely, and we know what happens when you suspend indefinitely Brock Lesnar. You get beat up too, and he got hit with two F5s to the point he split his pants. <laughs> he split his fucking pants yep. in the ring. It was so funny. But that whole opening segment, that whole 30-plus minute opening segment, on the fallout from that main event at Crown Jewel, push or bury? Push, even though I did not like the runtime of 36 minutes, you got to push it. And you have to admit, it's an intriguing way to write off Brock Lesnar because it's something I tried to explain to people earlier. He's on a limited match contract deal. He's probably not going to be back until at least the Royal Rumble. So you got to write him off TV. Exactly. So, yeah, you definitely got to push that. Um, and it was just, you know, typical Brock Lesnar stuff like him just beating just beating the fuck out of everybody because, you know, he got he got screwed. We all know this. He got screwed out of his out of his match. But it is what it is because it is our tribal chief. He is my tribal chief, your tribal chief, our tribal chief, yeah. the head of the table. Well, our tribal chief, except for Hector. He's, he's and except, Donnie. Huh? Yep. And Donnie. Well, Donnie, whatever, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, we but love that's, you, Donnie. But that is your tribal chief. Exactly. Next, next, we would get the coronation, the official coronation of our new king of the ring, Xavier Woods. I love the dialogue in here with with Kofi, with the basically doing the king speak, the royal speak, uh, and giving him his scepter and his cape and his crown. And it was just, it was just, it just was a feel good moment for a guy who again, has had that label of being just successful in tag team when, and now he's had that single success winning the King of the Ring. Hopefully it leads to something like maybe, I don't know, an Intercontinental title shot against Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, something. Maybe he challenges the Tribal Chief. I don't know. But either way, this was good. So, Sith, the Xavier Woods coronation. Push your berry. 
You push, even though it was rather bizarre, though. Because usually with coordinations or contract signings or whatever, there's a bit of drama involved. There's a little something going on here. But here, no. But you push anyway. Exactly. You definitely push. Um, so this was the main event segment of SmackDown. WWE booked themselves into a corner where instead of having title changes on both Raw and on Crown Jewel for women who are switching brands, they decided to have them retain and then have them exchange the championships in the ring. And apparently what happened with the belt falling was not planned. That was not supposed to be part of the segment. And it was it was it was reported that there was a heated exchange between Charlotte and Becky backstage because of what mm-hmm. happened. You had all this, and then Sasha comes out saying she's going to challenge Charlotte for the championship. Becky leaves because she's pissed off, and you get Char- uh, Sasha kicking Charlotte's ass. So it looks like we're going to have. Our, it looks like Charlotte's first challenger is going most likely going to be uh, Sasha Banks. So who we'll see what that is. But uh, Seth, this women's title exchange main event segment, push or bury? Barry, I'm going to get in hot water with some people, and that's okay. This, my friends, is what happens when you don't use long-term booking. Instead, go right for the bullshit. I get it. I I, I get it. Long-term booking isn't logical to some, but this is two fucking years in a row here. But there is a good thing. Bex gets the belt back that she put aside for pregnancy. Becky leaving for Raw and letting Charlotte versus Sasha get their shut off, fine. But, no, I bury I'm burying it too. They, it should not have came to this. And I and I said this on the podcast last week. I said that you needed to have Sasha needed to have Bianca defeat Charlotte to win the Raw Women's Championship. Uh-huh. And you needed Sasha to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. So you didn't have a segment like this, which had that mistake of the belt falling and the accusations of Charlotte trying to make Becky look bad and all this other shit. You just you, you avoid all that by actually having title changes before all this took effect, and you didn't do that. So yeah, Barry, get it out. Uh, next, Drew McIntyre came out. He said he's going to issue an open challenge. He said he wanted to face someone on the SmackDown roster in his first match on SmackDown in a number of years as an official member of the brand, and he got Sami Zayn. He got yeah. Sami Zayn. But it was a good match. It was a really good matchup. Sami Zayn looked like he was going to go for the Huluva kick, but decided to be an asshole and do the 3-2-1 countdown. He ran out of the corner and got ran into a boot by the, by the Scottish Warrior Claymore and a 1-2-3 victory for Drew in his first match on SmackDown as an official SmackDown roster member in years. Congrats to Drew McIntyre on that. Pusha Berry, Drew versus Sami. Push. To the moon, says Hector. And he also yep. buries that main event segment as well, by the way, which I, I think everybody does. I think uh, everyone does who is in well, you know. And and finally and find out I'm all for SmackDown. Happy Corbin had a match with Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura is the Intercontinental Champion. There was a lot of shenanigans and distractions and stuff like that. And somehow, some way, Happy Corbin beat the Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> So it looks like that's gonna looks like they're running that that rivalry back. They're gonna run that back again. Because remember, it was Shinsuke Nakamura that led Corbin down the path of desolence after he took the crown when uh, he was the king of the mm-hmm. ring. So now they're running this back, but it looks like now the Intercontinental Championship could be in in play instead of just a crown. So, Sith, 
Happy Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Bush or Barry? Bush. Easily. It's going to make a solid and icy title rivalry. Not a match that's top 10 of the year, but it's a good match that deserved its booking for the title exchange. Have given that a 50-50, which I can understand because, I mean, we've already yeah. seen this robbery before, but it was for a crown. Now it's for a championship. So, I mean, yeah. maybe they might do something different. And plus, it's a different gimmick. It's not King Corbin or just Baron Corbin. It's Happy Corbin. So, who knows what, what, what can come of it. All right. So, let's quickly go over Rampage before we go into our final thoughts for the day. Um, what the hell? Oh, jeez. Oh, there's oh, there L.A. Dojo running out uh, Will Ospreay and COVID tonight. Get him out of here. Anyway, all right, AEW Rampage. AEW Rampage, it opened this week with our first match in the World Championship Eliminator Tournament. It will be powerhouse Hobbs going up against Orange Cassidy. Cassidy came into this match sporting a tape on his ribs from the ladder match that he had on Dynamite. He mm -hmm. was hurting. Powerhouse Hobbs was taking advantage of that. It looked like it was going to be all Powerhouse Hobbs, but yet somehow Powerhouse Hobbs started to lose his cool with the referee. Hook tried to get him to like calm down, like chill out, chill out, dude. Like you know, yep. you gotta be careful. And next thing you know, boom, Orange Cassie was able to get the victory over good old Hobbs with the uh, with the mousetrap and got the victory. So, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Orange Cassie, Eliminator Tournament match, first round match. Push or Barry? Push. Yep, exactly. Push. Uh, once again, Powerhouse Hobbs is so, so damn good in the ring. I want to see him win more. I, I remember when he first got signed and how, you know, how happy I was. And I like what mm -hmm. I, I, I like. I'm hoping that it leads to something. Honestly, I really do. Yeah. Um, next, uh, of course, you know, Anna Jay and Brit, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, had a little bit of an altercation on Dynamite mm -hmm. last Saturday. Uh, after uh, after the good doctor thought it would be good to talk shit about Anna J to Anna J about uh, the Dark Order losing the Brit uh, Britt Baker's boo in them and Anna J didn't like that shit and so they had a match and they had a really good match and yeah. um, I was really I was I I would have been sh I would not have been shocked but I would have liked to have seen. Um, Anna J, number 99 of the Dark Order, maybe get a victory to, like, maybe set up a new program with her being the next in line for the championship. But that didn't happen. She tapped out to the lockjaw uh, for the submission. There was some 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 uh, shenanigans from Jamie Hayter and, and from Rebel, but it didn't really matter. It still was a victory for them. Uh, but, yeah. Do you push this or are we burying this? I push easily. Absolutely. Um, there was a segment in the show where good old like Penta came out with Alex Abrahantes because they were going to, they were going to address the whole situation of them losing the tag titles, the eight, the triple A tag titles to, um, to FCR that were, who were in masks. But then there were guys at ringside who had the same mask on. And so they thought it was them again, went out, ripped the mask off their faces. It wasn't them. But then FTR would come from behind and attack them from behind and would drop him and would drop Alex and would leave uh, them laying and they would hold up the AEW World Tag Team Championship. So it looks like they're trying to maybe tease that FTR who always put up twos when they, they go up to, to talk shit to the crowd. Is it possible that they might end up becoming two-time World Tag Team Champions? Who knows? But this segment with Penta El Zero Meadow and FTR, push or bury? Push easily. Absolutely. 
Uh, next, before we got our main event of Andrade, El Idolo, and Pac, we had our, of course, our pre-match promo uh, interview. This time, not with Mark Henry, but with Tony Schiavone. And of course, you know, Tony would ask the questions about the previous one. Andrade was just letting him know he's going to win. Then Pac cut off Tony before Tony could finish his thought to say he didn't care what he had to say and got his shit off on Andrade. It was really good. So how did you like this promo, Seb? Do you push or you very I liked it. I liked it. Push. Absolutely. And then I, I'm pretty sure we know the answer to this one as well, but the main event between <clears throat> Andrade El Idolo and Pac, <clears throat> it was an absolutely phenomenal main event. The, the spot where he hit the little back break, the little neck breaker, the little neck breaker, and then the revert, the little final cut onto the apron, and then yep. followed it up with a springboard DDT onto the apron. That was sick. Andrade is an, is an evil bastard for that. Let me tell yes. you. Um, they went at it. They went after it. Uh, finally, Pac would get the roll-up to get the victory over Andrade El Idolo, and then it looked like it was just going to be done, but then the lights went out. The lights went out, and next thing you know, wait, Alice, it's, it's Malachi Black, and he's going after Pac. He's helping Andrade. He's helping Andrade. Yes. They would get the, they would be beating down on Pac until Arn Anderson came out, did this, and next thing you know, Cody's in there beating the shit out of both yes. of them, and Lee has the heels running on their heels, helping Pac out. Pac was the get the victory. Cody was stand tall, and there you go. Pac versus Andrade 2, plus everything that happened afterwards. Push or bury? Push easily. Oh, absolutely. You push that. You got to push that, bro. That was such a fun main event, man. Such a fun main event. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. Corbin should put all his money on the line versus the title. Shit. Oh, my God. Shit, how, how in the ever-loving hell did Hobbs lose? I have no idea. Uh, so is the Andrade part of this over? I don't know. Yeah. Imagine Los Ingramanables in AEW. That would be that would be wicked. Malachi is helping the man who beat him for the NXT Championship. Where that's weird, isn't it? But it is. But you know, different company. But they different are different. So there's that. Yeah, they're different company, different circumstances. All right, it's now time for the part of the show where we give our final thoughts. Usually, it's either wrestling related or non wrestling related. So we just we talk. We plug what we got coming up for the week, and then we get out of here. So, yeah. Sid, you always kick us off, so go ahead and kick us off, sir. Okay, so we're here in the regular basement this evening, and I want to sit down and talk to you all for a few minutes about how toxic wrestling fans are akin to what I deal with when I do movie recaps and rankings. You see, folks, some fans take their fandom, whether it's wrestling or movies, and make it strongly divisive. How did they do it? With the attitude that if you don't like AEW, you've got to be a WWE marker fanboy. And if you don't like WWE, you're an AEW marker fanboy. Look, it's people time for people to understand a key point here. Everyone's entitled to like whatever wrestling company or companies instead of being demeaning to each other. Show some fucking respect instead. Just like it's cool if you think that Halloween Kills is the best Halloween franchise film ever. Just insult the people, don't insult the people like myself that disagree and have issues with it. I swear, some things make me wonder if they've even bothered to watch the competition they, they cry about online saying it sucks 
I know some people that have never watched a full week of AEW, and at least they own up to it and try not to join the herd. I know some people that are pro-WWE and anti-AEW and attack the fans of the shows instead of the product overall. They sit down, they pray daily for the downfall of the company overall. And I know some pro-AEW fans that pray daily for the downfall of WWE to fail daily as well. It's very toxic, and people need to take a step back and breathe. Get this. It's possible to like WWE and critique some of the product when it fails to meet expectations. It's possible to like AEW, Impact, New Japan, etc. and critique the products when they don't meet expectations as well. Champ and I do this on a weekly basis here. All I'm saying is at the end of the day is we need to stop the personal attacks on each other because when John Doe has a preference and doesn't agree with Chris Doe, when they're attacking each other over a preference, they lose credibility as fans and they look like complete assholes. And that, my friends, is my final thought. In Toronto in the Basement, you know, Halloween Kills was mentioned. Well, last October, I ranked Freddie, Jason, and Michael. Tomorrow, we're throwing in Halloween Kills into the mix. And we're going to be doing all 32 films, worst to first, that, and so much more. Basement 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Jim? I actually don't have a final thought this week um, because most of the final thoughts I are, have been about the women's booking. Yeah. I'm, I've, beaten that, I've beaten that horse to death and then brought it back to life just to beat it to death again. So no final thoughts from me this week. Plus, this has been a long podcast, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to split this up because of how long it is. So I need as much time as I can to do that. Uh, but I will say, again, the NBA season has begun. So you can catch me along with Tim Clark, Arun Bhattacharya, and Brian Brennan on Sports on the Hill podcast every Monday around 10 p.m. Eastern time. The show starts at 9, but around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch us four on there breaking down the week of action for the Washington Wizards. As we mentioned earlier on in the podcast, the Wizards have are already started off 2-0. They defeated the Toronto Raptors to open their season in Toronto. And then at their home opener last night, survived the Indiana Pacers to win an over time oh excuse me and um go on to go to two and oh they have a tough test on monday when they face off against the brooklyn nets in brooklyn so we will cover all three of those games this monday night plus preview the remaining action uh the upcoming action for the week for the wizards as well so make sure you check that out uh you can search for that on either facebook or on youtube where it'll be streamed at so you can check that out as well just search carol porter the third on youtube to find out to see when it is streamed uh but that's it that's all this is a long podcast so i'm pretty sure people are tired i'm kind of tired and i'm hungry that's why i'm heating up some chili right now in the in my heater right now so and it's starting to get a little chilly so nice chili on a chilly night would be good um but hope you guys enjoyed this podcast uh we got a lot to cover next week again we're going to be previewing uh we're going to be previewing uh, not previewing recapping bound for glory yeah. uh as well as everything that happens throughout the week including the fallout from bound for glory on impact on access tv uh also I will be doing is my New Japan recap. Uh, I will recap the first three days of the Road to Power Struggle Tour that's taking place, that's starting uh, this coming weekend, this Sunday. 
uh, as well as what's going on here on Strong right now, which the main event is a Texas Bull Rope match between Juice Robinson and Hikaleo. I will have the results of that as well. And then, of course, with whatever news that happens during the week, we will talk about that as well. So for those of you guys listening on the, on the audio versions, uh, we will leave you here. But... We invite you again to check out the Sis Basement wherever you get your podcast from. It goes online 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday. So make sure you check that out. And also make sure you check us out next week when we uh, do all the things we just said we're going to talk about. So for you guys, have a good one, and we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Hey guys, it's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, facebook.com slash nospotspod, as well as on Twitter, at True No Spots Pod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sith for the No Spots Podcast on the True Radio Network.